to talk about uh, ways that you can help raise funds for ACB and certainly in the case of the walk, uh, engage with lots of people while doing it and get some exercise as part of that get up and get moving campaign, in my opinion, anyway. (laughs) So Donna, talk to us about the walk. I've been participating in it for many years and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So Okay, so I have a little spiel written here, so hopefully All I can right. get through it. <laughs> Do it. So, so, you know, over the past few days, you guys have been hearing about various fundraisers uh, for ACB. So I only have a few minutes, so please lace up your shoes and let's join me in a brisk walk. Here we go. Right. So I'm going to say a lot about the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk in a very short period of time, so pay attention. Uh, I want to begin by asking two questions. Um, Is your affiliate always seeking ideas for fundraisers? I know mine is. Uh, Does your affiliate need more money to either continue its work or maybe to start new projects or or programs? So if you answered yes or even maybe to either one of those questions, consider creating a WAP team for your affiliate. So just quickly how that works is – Uh, Whoever actually creates the walk team for your affiliate is considered the team captain. It's pretty honorable. So when you sign up your team, you can designate up to 50% of the money that your team raises to come back to your affiliate. That can mean in some cases thousands of dollars for some affiliates. Uh, So once your team is created, you will receive a link to your team walk web page. That's pretty cool. So be sure to share that link with your affiliate members and encourage them to join you in seeking donations for your team. And we um, actually recognize uh, generally the five top at least five top teams in fundraising. So the registration fee for the walk, no matter if you walk as an individual or if you are a team member, but it's only $25. And so, and actually even half of that $25 will go back to your affiliate. Um, So even if you are unable to come to the convention, you can still participate in the walk as what we would consider a virtual walker. We've all been in the virtual mode, so virtual walking should work too. So not only is the ACB walk a major fundraiser for ACB and its affiliates, um, as Cindy said, it is a way to get some exercise. And I know when you're at a convention, you need exercise. You get tired of sitting. So the on-site walk this year is going to be really cool. It's on Saturday, July 1st, excuse me, July 2nd at 6 o'clock p.m. And so for the early risers, you can't use that. Or for those who are not early risers, you can't use that as an excuse this year for not coming to the walk. So um, the walk will actually culminate with the participants filing into the first uh, general session of the 2022 ACB National Conference and Convention. So pay attention to the ACB lists because in the next two weeks or so, you're going to be seeing an announcement from me and it will have not only my contact information in case you have questions, 
but it will have uh, information about how you register for the walk. And the most important part will be the link to the website where you can register. So join me in walking everywhere. That is our theme this year and help raise money for ACB and your affiliate. Thank you, Cindy. Oh, you're not done yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got some questions for you. First of all, how did you get involved with the walk? Oh, my gracious. What a story, but I'll, I'll make it as quick as I can. So in 2009 was the first walk, and I'm an exercise guru. So, of course, at that particular walk was part of the Watermelon 5K in hot Orlando, Florida. Um, and which is an organized 5K run. And I, I don't know if it was on the 4th of July, but it was right around the 4th of July. I can't remember that. Um, but anyway, so I thought, wow, a 5K. And I'd been running and, you know, I was really in, in good shape and uh, good running shape. And so I get to this watermelon 5K and it was hot. <laughs> it was humid. And, anyway, so and there was like five thousand runners or participants they they didn't all run um and and you know i've been to ball games fifty thousand people and you know that kind of thing and but five thousand people like surrounded by five thousand people at the starting line it just was I, i just had no idea so i had a wonderful guide his name was jason i mean i remember it quite well and i said so you know we we kept walking and after, you know, the crowd kept moving and I don't know, about five minutes into it, he said, when we finally got to the starting line, I'm like, what? So anyway, <laughs> and, and we just kept walking. I said, I came to run. He said, it's so crowded. We can't, we can't, we we can't, can't. run. So, yeah. So, so actually what he did then, he said, okay. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to run on these people's lawns. We're not going to stay on this road. So we were <laughs> running across people's yards. And, and anyway, um, so, I mean, I finished and got to run maybe about half of it. I, I, I was pretty disappointed in that part of it because I really wanted to run a fast 5K. I mean, that was, you know, that was my aim, you know, because you were timed and everything. Um, so anyway, that was that was my initiation to the ACB walk. I didn't really, I got some sponsorships, but I'm pretty blasted competitive. And some of my good friends got more sponsors than I did, more money and sponsorships than I did. Well, that didn't happen after that. Uh, that first <laughs> after that's that. right. Anyway. So no, I remember being at walks where you and, and it seems like you and Doug were both like really, really serious about running. Yes. And, uh, yes yeah. We and you, at <laughs> that, that time we would give awards for like the first place person. And, uh, as I recall. Yeah. We've kind of uh, had to stop that. Stop that. Yeah. Some of the trains collided and we had some, yeah. some accidents and so we decided oh. that maybe we better not. yeah but <laughs> lots and lots of fun and great camaraderie at those walks oh. uh, just and cheering and just really um encouragement right so yeah and and that's where i i've met some of the you know people who've really become friends uh it was through the walk the dillons uh, that's how i yep. got to know them yep. and then dan and yep. leslie and yep. you know so. so awesome all right well Thank you so much, Donna, and uh, keep keep up the good work. We appreciate you a lot. Yes. All right. So uh, before we head to our next guests, Colby, do you want to read the 
mini mall information. We want to encourage people to check out the mini mall, uh, call to find out if there's any specials. Uh, certainly you can email and uh, get a, uh, a product and price list. So yeah. let's, let's do that. I'll that up. So if you want to call the mini mall, you can call them at 877-969-6255. And if you want to email them for a price list or any questions via email, you can send an email to mall, M-A-L-L, at A-C-B dot O-R-G. And I'll just say that that's uh, 877-969-MALL. Yeah, 6255 mall. And uh, that's the ACB Mall, And so you can find out products that uh, are ACB branded and uh, and help support. Uh, and more importantly, do a little PR for ACB with the gear that you wear and products that you hang on to for your electronics and so on. So, all right. Thank you, Colby. Uh, next, we're going to talk about... Uh, the MMS program, monthly monetary support, and Jean and Michael appreciate both of you being with us. So, Jean, I'm going to turn it to you to share whatever you like about MMS and what you guys are doing this conference weekend. Thanks, Cindy. Um, as probably most of you know, if you've been listening, um, we are here again this weekend, and we are taking. Um, we're taking, I, I want to call them pledges, but we're encouraging you to either sign up for the MMS program for the first time, or if you're already in the program and you're able to, we'd love it if you could increase the donation that you're already giving. We are offering, uh, we have a drawing each day. We've had two winners already, uh, Jeff and Leslie Tom, one on Friday, and Cassie, I don't have her last name in front of me, Trop. Prosper. Prosper. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. One yesterday, um, each of them is going to get a $25 Amazon gift card. Cassie signed up for the first time. She was really excited. And I was, I, I sent her an Yay. email. She, she won. I don't know if she's received it yet, but she will. Um, <laughs> and after the convention or after the conference, then, then they'll work with uh, Nancy Becker in the Minnesota office and get everything straightened out. So, we have a phone number and we have an email. Um, our phone, we do have a little glitch. Uh, the message at night doesn't allow you to leave me a message. But the number, if you call during the day, and it, we may get this fixed. We're working on it. Right now, the number is 888-999-3190. And you can leave me a message with your name and your phone number. I will get an email that you called and I will get back to you. You can email me 24-7 at askacbmms at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-M-M-S. Oh, I'm sorry. A-S-K-A-C-B-M-M-S at gmail.com. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the program, um, you 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 decide to donate or a certain amount of money a month. Ten dollars is the minimum, um, and if you want to increase your donation, it's a five dollar minimum. And half of what you donate can go back to an affiliate of your choice. So it's a very easy way for you to raise some money for ACB and to raise money for your affiliate. 
and you don't have to do any work. All you do is give the Minnesota office some information, um, including your either credit card number or your, your check uh, checking account numbers, and they will deduct the money from your checking account or charge it to your credit card each month, whatever you choose. So right. I think I'm going to ask Michael before we run out of time if there's anything he wants to say. Just to encourage uh, people to, to join. Think about it. You, you can play a part play a part in what ACB does. And, Jean, did you mention the, the final gift card, the $100 no, gift card? No, I, I didn't. Um, on Tuesday, we're going to have a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift card, and we're including everybody who has signed up or increased their donation since the end of the last convention. So there's a few extra people. So All right. if, you, if you want to uh, win a $100 Amazon gift card, you better sign up. And what I love about MMS, and I've been giving for a long time, a couple of things. One, uh, there's been a couple of times over the last several years where uh, my financial situation changed a bit and I had to put a pause on my giving. But when I was ready, I was able to start back up again. And the other is that I'm able to give a larger amount uh, of a gift to ACB than I would just in a one-time gift So because it's spread out. So I really appreciate uh, that ability. So thank you both so much for being here. Appreciate it. And we are almost, uh, time is almost up. But Colby, uh, I know we're going to get started back here in just a minute with general sessions and people can continue listening on ACB Media 6. Um, any any highlight? I, we have like less than 20 seconds. Anything you could think of that we want to mention? Um, we've just got a bunch of really cool programming coming up this afternoon. So stay tuned for and a of course convention the, update. Yeah, and the Spanish wrap-up at the end. And then don't miss the fireside chat tonight at 7.30 p.m. So ACB back, Media 6. Yep, back to the general sessions. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. Welcome back. Uh, Thank you, Cindy and Colby, Lucy and team for a wonderful uh, connection show. It was great to hear a little bit more about the ACB Brindle Dillon Memorial Walk and the monthly monetary support program. And weren't those three just sensational breakout sessions? I loved each one of them. I was I was just you know going back and forth and, and listening as best as I could to all of them. So thanks so much uh, to three really uh, exciting panels about uh, audio description and our affiliates in action and hearing that the the under forty five members of ACB and their life experiences over the last year. Or so. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Michael, thanks to Doug, and thanks to uh, Kim and Carl for hosting each of those uh, breakout sessions. They really uh, added a lot of content and value. And now I'm so excited to introduce a colleague and a friend and uh, you know one of those folks that nudged me along in my leadership path in ACB. I'd like to introduce Dan Dillon, Chair of the Resource Development Committee from Hermitage, Tennessee, my friend. Good afternoon, Dan Dillon. Hey, Dan. How Thank are you. you, sir? Yes. Well, I'm doing fine. It's it's warming up here in Nashville, so that's a good thing. 
Good deal. I hope it's warmer. It was it was 41 in Orlando this morning, so we're not trying to figure out what happened to us. But, you know, who am I to complain? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. the weather's kind of a crazy thing this time of year. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> I would like to talk about uh, two, two, two fundraising opportunities. The first um, is our ACB Angels program that we started, I think, about uh, 2014, I think. And um, we wanted to do something to recognize our members who have passed on, especially those members who have contributed a great deal to the American Council of the Blind. So we came up with the Angels program. In order to be an ACB angel, you need a sponsor. It could be an individual. It could be an affiliate. It could be uh, two affiliates going in together to put up uh, a minimum of $500 to sponsor this angel. And in return, the recipient will receive their own web page with a picture of the recipient and a bio about the recipient. And they will also have the opportunity to to have a plaque made up with their name and the, the date of their passing. And that will be uh, raised lettering on a plaque. And the plaque is uh, four inches by six inches. And on the bottom of the plaque, along the bottom, will be all this information in Braille. And these plaques will be displayed on our ACB Wall of Angels. Uh, This year, it will be displayed in the exhibit hall in uh, Omaha. Um, So this is is a, a way to bring some money into the American Council of the Blind, but more importantly, it's a way to recognize our members who have passed on, who have contributed a great deal to the organization. It, uh, we try to do our best to, to keep their memory alive. And the, the other fundraiser I want to talk about was uh, Roll Call. When we have our roll call at our convention, opening session of convention, or a roll call of uh, state affiliates and special interest affiliates, uh, whoever speaking for your affiliate has a chance to talk briefly about your affiliate, but you have an opportunity to, to make a contribution to the American Council of the Blind. And you can uh, make that contribution to the organization in general, or you contribute to the um, the Braille Forum, uh, the um, the uh, Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, uh, the community events, uh, just any any anything you'd like to to make your contribution to. And that's about it in a nutshell. Well, Dan, I have to tell you, uh, you know, this year, for the first time in three years, we're going to be back, uh, hopefully in person, in a hybrid format uh, for our convention. And uh, we've heard loud and clear from our affiliates that they'd like the roll call to be live They like on opening uh, session, opening night, where we can get out there and 
be loud and proud and uh, announce, uh, right. you know, our affiliates. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will just be a wonderful opportunity for affiliates to reach out uh, and make a, a targeted donation, if they wish, to their favorite program inside of the American Council of Blind. I know every year, uh, being a part of the Florida affiliate, when we announce that we're giving money to ACB Media or, you know, to the Braille Forum, it, it, it brings a smile to my face. It makes me proud, and I hope it does for a lot of the affiliates out there. And I, I always wait with anticipation to hear Art in, uh, uh, in Hawaii and see what they're going to do. Oh, it's yeah. one of the exciting times of roll call. They're very generous in Hawaii. Um, I would just to take a, a minute or so to talk a little bit more about the uh, the wall where we display these plaques. You know, for the last uh, year or two, we, we've had a virtual convention. We haven't been able to display the plaques. But this year in Omaha, they will be the plaques will be displayed on the ACB Angels wall, which actually is three walls. Um, it's, so it's a it's kind of a, it's a tripod type of thing through three walls uh, a triangle and they will the, 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 these plaques will be displayed in our exhibit hall and I'd also like to mention that we not only honor um, members uh, of ACB well we and we and they don't have to be members but most of them are members we also honor the uh, guide dogs and they have a little smaller plaque but we do honor up to four um, guide dogs per person. That's correct. And, and on the wall, you not only get the it's, – it's really moving. The first time you get to put your fingers on that wall and feel the plaques, and then we have a, a testimonial booklet there available in right. both large print and Braille. And now, once again, we will also be featuring each angel uh, with a video – uh, during the general session, spread out across the, the days of the convention. So it really is a wonderful opportunity to recognize an ACB angel, a member or a friend, somebody that has made a difference uh, in our organization or your affiliate. So, Dan, thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful work that the Resource Development Committee does. And, uh, my friend, stay warm, be safe, and, uh, you know, cheer an adult beverage for me when you, we get to toast the start of baseball season here in a, in a month. What you say? All right. I think that's wonderful. It's a great idea, Dan. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. All right. Have a good afternoon. And you too. And next, we have an opportunity to meet our next ACB advisory board member. It's time to meet Matt Ader. Matt is the Vice President for Marketing at Vespero, and uh, we heard a little from their new CEO, Bob Simonera, yesterday, and he spoke so highly of Matt, and we appreciate all the contributions Matt has made to ACB. Uh, Matt is from Manassa, Virginia, and please welcome Matt Ader. A-C-B. Below each letter, dots, representing the letter in Braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges with Advisory Board Member Matt Ader. 
Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Well, welcome back uh, again, Eric Bridges here with ACB and very pleased to be joined by ACB Advisory Board Member Matt Ader. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Eric, and I'm very excited to be here. It's great to have you here. So uh, we're interviewing advisory board members uh, to find out a little bit about what they do, uh, how they came to, to ACB, and the sorts of projects that they've been engaged in with the staff and or leadership of this organization. So why don't we start off with, uh, Matt, what do you do in your day-to-day? Matt Ader, Vice President, Vispero. Well, Eric, I have a wonderfully um, exciting job within the company um, uh, umbrella of Vispero. Um, I have two responsibilities. One is running our software engineering. So that's involved in managing everything to do with JAWS, ZoomText, and Fusion. Those are our three major products that uh, we use or uh, develop and sell to people who are blind and low vision around the world. And uh, the second part of the job is something called corporate business development, which is identifying new opportunities where we can deploy our technology. And examples of that would be uh, where you may see JAWS in a kiosk, say at McDonald's or Social Security Administration or other places like that. And it's a fulfilling job because in, in one of the best parts about the job is that we get to spend more time with customers understanding their requirements and needs. That's awesome. Well, and and uh, for those that don't know, uh, Matt, you, you are visually impaired, correct? Yes. Um, I lost my uh, some of my sight, not all. I'm low vision. I uh, lost some of my sight when I was six years old. Um, it's not changed since. And so I don't see much out of my left eye and my right eye. It's like 2,600 tunnels. So picture trying to read print um, if I did, um, that would almost be two to three inches in height. I, I permanently a screen reader user at this point, both for my phone and the computer, uh, scan and read devices. I may do some spot reading with large print, but for the most part, uh, use other technologies, including Braille. Right on. Well, hey, uh, you are one of the original uh, ACB Advisory Board members. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your journey to our advisory board? Well, I, I think this is going back to one of the things I said before, which is connection to the community. I mean, as a when I started at our company um, a few years back when it was uh, Freedom Scientific, um, one of the things I did when I came into the company was to develop relationships with advocacy organizations and ACB was one of the key organizations we worked with. And what I saw was that we needed to be more in tune with the community. We need to spend more time with our customers. We need to listen more and not just tell more. And so part of that um, was spending more time with you and, and others within ACB to figure out what we could do better as a company, but then could we give back as well? And so um, when you asked me to join the advisory board, I jumped right on it saying that we'd love to help. Um, there's you know, lots that we can offer from both a technology company, but there's lots we can learn as a business as well being part of this organization. Yeah, it's, it's been great having your active participation and, and getting to know not just you, but you know, uh, 
you know, you and, and uh, Tom Tiernan, as well as uh, Bob, the new CEO of Vispero, um, offering up, you know, entree and relationships with others within your, your family of, of companies. So it's, it's been great. Why, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your engagement with us on the advisory board, maybe a couple of the initiatives that you've been engaged in with, uh, with ACB, our, our, our staff and our membership. So there's been a, a wide range of things that I get pulled into. I, sometimes I get, I, um, I feel like I'm the utility man in a, in a baseball team. And I like that because then I get to float around and, and support different initiatives. And, you know, some have been more around technology when we need to get more technology in the hands of, of staff members there at ACB. Um, others have been involved in, you know, the audio description uh, works within ACB, um, I, you know, participated in the, the um, event last fall and um, was thrilled to participate in that. And I would say that, you know, the, the probably the part that I bring the most value as a person to the um, advisory board is customer or community outreach. And, you know, uh, a, a few years back when ACB started their community calls, you know, we jumped right on it to say, could we also participate in that and help the community learn more about technology? And so um, those have now, we do them weekly. And, and that participation, I think, is key to, again, give back to the community, help the people understand how to use different types of technology. And um, it means a lot to us to be you know, working closely with members of ACB. That's great. Well, I, I know that it, it means a lot to us, you know, the, the relationship that the blind community has had with the assistive technology community historically, I think has been a little choppy at times. And uh, it's been, it's been really good over the last few years to, to build uh, and enhance uh, relationship uh, with Vispero and it, and its individual companies, and, and Matt, uh, thanks so much for uh, being able to, to to provide you know a, a voice with subject matter expertise um, and a collaborative spirit uh, to our advisory board. It's it's great having you, and and thank you. Well, Eric, and I appreciate it as well. And I again, you know, it's great for us to to be um, a subject matter expert, uh, provide advice, but. The, the most things that we get out of this is listening to what ACB needs um, and what the members need, because that's what ultimately helps our company direction is understanding what people's needs are. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to do this, Matt, and we will see you soon. Thanks, Eric. Enjoyed okay. it. Take care. A logo, ACB in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Wasn't that great to learn a little bit more about Matt Ader? And I got to tell you, I, I personal little story with Matt and Eric. They're both huge Washington National Baseball fans. So two years ago, we were starting up the advisory board, and the Nats were kind of moving down through the playoffs and ultimately winning the World Series. I am telling you, you it was like two kids in a candy store, you know, just a swapping uh, Washington National stories, and they were so excited. And to this day, I still remember being in Eric's office when Rebecca called and said, I'm going to the playoff game. And 
And Eric said, and what am I doing? She said, you're watching the kids. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. It's a family that loves Washington Nationals. And uh, it was great to hear those stories with both Matt and Eric. And now, representing the letter in Braille. Oops, we got a little bit of Joel there in the background. So, And now this next hour and 15 minutes, I think, is really, really important for our organization. Uh, the um, <clears throat> the uh, convention committee, the voting task force committee, the resolutions task force committee, constitution and bylaws have all been working very hard together to weave the tapestry of how do we put on a hybrid convention that allows for everyone to have remote access to the ballot box and be able to vote. And that at the same time, restore the members' right to vote on resolutions and the need for us to consider constitutional amendments. So this is quite the stew that we've all tried to work hard and put together. And first, I want to introduce Janet Dickelman, chair of our convention committee from St. Paul, Minnesota, to give us an overview of kind of the timeline and the outlook for our 2022 ACB conference and convention, hopefully a hybrid event in Omaha, Nebraska. So, Janet? Hello, hello, everyone. Wow, you know, this is the 11th convention that I've coordinated. And every year I think, oh, well, this, you know, something, every every convention is different. And when we did our two uh virtual conventions, I was skeptical, I have to admit. I thought, how is this going to work? And as we know, we had two remarkable virtual conventions. So now I'm really looking forward to putting this all together as a hybrid convention, and I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm very excited about the conventions, and I hope you are also. So I'm going to start out by saying thank you so much, all of you special interest affiliate presidents, since this is the president's meeting. I want to thank you all for uh, your participation in our new affiliate special interest, um, special interest affiliate circle. Um, con- we've had several conference calls where we've talked about the structure of setting up our sessions and you and your program chairs, you've done a great job of scheduling sessions, uh, working with each other and our ACB committees and adhering to uh, my schedules and my deadlines. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate that. Um, As a reminder, information for the convention registration is due by April 1st and full program submissions are due by April 17th. And I've already gotten some from some of you, some of those um, for the program and the registration. So that's wonderful. Um, Convention registration will open on May 12th for ACB members and on May 19th for non-ACB members. Registration, and it will close on June 20th. Registration for ACB members is $35 a person. If you are not a member, you will be charged $50 for registration but you can save yourself $5 by becoming an ACB member at large for $10 and then paying the $35 registration cost. We will also have registration open during the convention. There will be a $10 additional cost 
for registration on site. Uh, once again, we'll be offering continuing education units and professional development hours. After several years of working with our CEUs, Carla Rushevel, our mini mall queen, is not going to be able to do that for us. So we have a new CEU coordinator, uh, April Martin from Alabama, who along with Lane Waters will really take care of handling the CEUs and getting that all up on our registration website. We're still working on the best way of uh, how to handle the giving out of the codes at the beginning of the sessions. And we know that's always you know, a little bit of an issue. Uh, we do have to have the codes. So we're just trying to figure out the best way to handle that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the convention schedule. Um, first convention-related Zoom will be on June 15th, and that will be our candidates forum. And then on June 18th, we will have our ACB Summer Auction Extraordinaire, and that will this year be virtually, so it'll be Zoom only, with the two days of appetizer auction before that. Leslie will be mad if I don't say that. Um, And then on June 22nd, we will begin the convention, again, Zoom only, with a reading of the convention standing rules and our first credentials report. And the reason that we're doing that is so that affiliates who wish to have business meetings during the next three days of our Zoom, during our Zoom only sessions can do that. And for those of you who are working um, with certification, that will make the record date of the convention May 23rd and the Voting Issues Task Force will talk way more about that. So I'm not even going to, I'm just mentioning it, not taking anyone's thunder. Um, So then on June 23rd, Thursday the 23rd, 24th and 25th, at this point we, uh, we will have Zoom only sessions. We have several affiliates who are having business meetings. We will have the president's meeting, the committee chair's meeting, and we will have, um, and then some of our affiliates and committees are also hosting presentations. The Friends and Art Showcase will be held virtually during that time. Um, Also, nominating committee will be on Thursday the 23rd. So we have 28 Zoom sessions during that time, plus the nominating and the um, dance two sessions, so actually 31 sessions during those three days. And then starting July 1st, we go into our hybrid portion of the convention. And that will be, of course, from Omaha. And because we are in a city that is in central time, we will be going operating on central time zone. So everything for the convention will be listed in central time this year. So please keep that in mind. Um, We have Many sessions during the convention, we're going to have our general sessions, of course, and they will be in our ballroom. Then we will have four other hybrid meeting rooms where we will have um, video and Zoom capability. We have, right now I have 78 sessions that are scheduled for these hybrid sessions. And I know there's a few more that I'm missing and I'm not counting our general sessions. And um, Then we also have 29 sessions right now that are social sessions, which will just be in standard meeting rooms with microphones as as just like any other social session has been in the past. They will not be streamed. All of our sessions 
Um, hybrid sessions will be available as podcasts, including the June sessions. Um, we are also going to uh, been talking to Cindy, and we are going to do some community sessions uh, live at the convention, probably Saturday through Wednesday, for people from the community to get together and meet in person. Our opening general session will be Saturday evening, July 2nd, and our general sessions will run through Thursday the 7th, followed by our ACB banquet. And our ACB banquet speaker is going to be Judy Human. Many of you recognize that name. Judy is known as the mother of disability rights, basically. She helped craft and... Um, the Rehabilitation um, Act of 1973. She is an internationally known presence in the disability community. She's written books. She has her, her um, camp, um, it's called Crip Camp, that she has some information out on the website about. It's been a documentary made, and she's going to be an absolutely wonderful banquet speaker, and that will be Thursday evening the 7th. Um, our international guest is War Mark Workman from uh, the World Blind Union president, and he'll be visiting with us from Canada. We also, during the convention, have 21 tours. Count them, 21. That's very exciting. Um, and I'm going to do a quick rundown of our 21 tours. Um, what do I do with my 21 tours? I just lost my 21 tours. Oh, there they are. Uh, Sunday, uh, Friday, and I'm not going to give times or prices. I'm just doing a quick rundown, and I'll be posting more information about that. On Friday, the July 1st, we are taking a trip to the zoo, which people may say, oh, the zoo, really? But the zoo in Omaha is rated second in the country, and it, it actually change, pl changes places back and forth between the Omaha Zoo and the San Diego Zoo. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, also that evening, we have two legs of what we're calling our ethnic dinner. We will be going to three to four different venues for, for food. Um, on Saturday, we are going to the legendary Boys Town. You've all, many of you have seen the movie with Father, about Father Flanagan and Boys Town. And we're also doing our city bus tour with a twist. We always like to do city bus tours to let you go around and get a step-on tour guide and have a description of the city and information about the city. This year, we're doing four of these city bus tours, two on Saturday and two on Monday, and we are going by Ollie the Trolley. So that's going to be a fun and interesting city bus tour. On uh, Sunday, we are going to the Malcolm X Center and the Black History Museum, and that will be a tour including lunch. We are also going to visit the Mormon Trail um, Museum. And that evening, we are doing, in conjunction with Get Up and Get Moving, we are doing a walk across the pedestrian bridge that spans the uh, river between Omaha and Council Bluffs, Iowa. On 4th of July, we're going to the Strategic Air Control Museum. And we, as I said, have two more legs of Ollie the Trolley. And then we are going to a Storm Chasers baseball game. That is the minor league team. They play in, um, in um, Omaha, and we will have dinner, a buffet dinner, and fireworks. On Tuesday, we are going to Outlook, Nebraska for our blind services tour. 
And we're also going to uh, the Lewis and Clark Visitors Center. And for those of you who are adventurous, we are going to, that evening, we are going to Tree Rush, which is a, um, you climb and zip line through the canopy of trees. I don't know, that probably wouldn't be for me, but I think that's, a lot of people are going to love that tour. That's Tuesday evening. On uh, Wednesday, we are going, uh, we're calling that our train day. We are going to two different train museums because, of course, the railroad was very instrumental in Omaha. And then we are doing our sweet tooth tour to Baker's Candy also on Wednesday. And that evening, we are doing a riverboat cruise, including dinner. And then on the final Friday, we are doing a brewery tour with uh, three to four stops and lunch. And then we are doing a, we're calling it our crime dinner, because we have two outstanding speakers that are talking about what was going on in Omaha in the 20s and 30s and, crime, and as far as uh, crime. And uh, that, is, uh, that is a compilation of our tours. We have, we'll have our exhibit hall, of course. We, that will be open from Saturday through Wednesday. Our exhibitors will have recordings that will be broadcast on ACB Media. We will also have a Zoom presence for our exhibitors, and we're working on having a contact. So if you want to leave a message for an exhibitor and can't get through to them, we will get the message to the exhibitor for you. Uh, We will also have our Audio Described Tour channel, as we've had in the past. We will, um, Tim and Maria Stone from Scoop Masters will be back doing our dog relief area. It'll be great to see them. Uh, Hotel reservations. To make reservations, there is a link at acbconvention.org that you can go to to uh, make your reservation online. Or you can call the hotel at 402-998. 3400. This is also on our website, and you can make your hotel reservations. Um, the hotel, we are the convention, the ho- convention will be at the hotel and the convention center. The convention center is connected by a straight skyway, no turns, just straight skyway. Also, you can get to the convention center from the street, from outside, and surrounding the hotel. They are going to have audible pedestrian signals at all the crossings. Um, There are several restaurants within walking distance of the hotel, and the hotel does have a grab-and-go Starbucks-esque place that also does some individual pizzas, which was very popular when we were there last fall. And then they have the bar and the restaurant. And... um, The airport is three miles from the hotel. We're still working on transportation from the airport, although I have a feeling that with um, Uber and Lyft and it being such a close proximity, probably many people will just opt to take taxis. Uh, The airport code is OMA. It is a medium-sized hub um, from based on what FAA says. And um, Amtrak and Greyhound also service Omaha. So there's lots of ways to get to Omaha. And I believe that is about it. I'm sorry, I can't, um, if anyone hasn't. Oh, 
Also, I will start posting a lot of information to the ACB convention announce list. If you've received information in the past, you don't have to sign up again. If you have not, it is send a blank email to ACB convention plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. And again, the link is on the website. Of course, my contact information is also all over the website, but feel free to email me at any time at janet.dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com, or call me at 651-428-5059, and we will have our telephone registration cadre registering you over the phone, and if you Try to, before you get ready to register, try to look up your username and password that you used for last year's convention because we will be using it again. If you don't have them, let me know and I can look them up for you. And Mr. President, that concludes my report. Thank you, Janet. What an excellent report and what a convention. We're going to start, start on the 18th with the auction and then kind of kick it off officially with the business welcome on the night of the 22nd. Three days of Zoom on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Oh. Also, also broadcast on ACB Media, correct? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And then and the hybrid, yeah. Hybrid, eight days. And then I'm not going to st- – I'll let um, – I'll let the voting task force at all talk about July 11th, 12th, and 13th. I'll leave right. that to it, them. Three days at the end three for days, us to three handle our days. resolutions and our constitutional yep. amendments. So it's going to be a, a full, full schedule for an extended period of time. Uh, looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be exciting for us to get Me back too. together in person. And uh, just uh, so everyone will know, we will have uh, an official board meeting on the evening of April 1st at 8 o'clock Eastern to make the final decision on the hybrid versus virtual uh, ACB conference and convention in Omaha, Nebraska. So uh, thank you, Janet. We you really are appreciate welcome, it. and I will be standing by for questions for our next segment. That's right. That's the next thing I wanted to <laughs> that say. That was is, my reminder to you, Dan. My thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. So, Bye, Janet. So as we get started with our next panel from uh, Constitution and Bylaws, Voting Task Force, and Resolutions, just want to let everybody know we're going to have a presentation, and then there's going to be plenty of time for questions. So if you have questions, please uh, send an email at questions at acb.org. Again, that's questions with an S at acb.org, or you can call or text Janet at 651-428-5059. That's 651-428-5059 with any questions that you have uh, from our panelists. So at this point in time, uh, I want to introduce the uh, formal presentation, and then we're going to come back and even have some additional folks join for the question and answer period. But for the formal presentation, we have Connie Sims, ACB director from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's going to be facilitating the discussion and giving the overall communications outline. And then we have Ray Campbell, second vice president of ACB and chair of the Resolutions 2.0 Task Force. 
We have Pat Sheehan, ACB Board of Director from Silver Spring, Maryland, and Chair of the Voting Task Force 2.0. And we have John McCain, can, excuse me, John McCann, uh, from uh, Chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee from Tucson, Arizona. So let us now hear from our panel about both the Voting Task Force resolutions and Constitution and bylaws and how it's all going to work at our hybrid 2022 convention. A C B. Below each letter, dots representing the letter in Braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Voting Task Force, moderated by Connie Sims, with members Patrick Sheehan, Ray Campbell, and John McCann. Connie Sims, ACB Board of Directors member. Hi, I'd like to welcome everyone to the DC Leadership Conference and Convention. Um, I am Connie Sims. I am president of the South Dakota Association of Blind and an ACB board member. And I am part of the Voting Task Force. And with me today, I'm excited to um, introduce Ray Campbell, who is the chair of the Resolutions Committee Task Force, and he is the second vice president of ACB. I have John McCann, who is chair of the Constitution and Bylaws, and Pat Sheehan, who is the chair of the Voting Task Force and also an ACB board member. So we are going to discuss the importance of the Constitution, the resolutions. We are going to bring it back into all of the members' hands like we've wanted to. And we're going to give you some special dates. They're going to talk about what's going to happen with each area. And then we'll take questions and answers at the end. Um, so the first part, I want to just give you some important dates to start with. The first one um, is May 23rd, which is our record date. The second one would be June 22nd, and that will be the opening ceremony virtually to go over the credentials and standing rules. June 23rd, the nominating committee will be meeting virtually at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And then June 23rd through the 25th, there will be virtual meetings. And then July 1st through the 8th is the hybrid convention. And we will be doing um, voting for the officers and um, BOP and some resolutions through that time. And that will be discussed later. And then July 11th through the 13th, we are calling it Business Week. And um, that will be discussed a little bit later on too. So without further ado, I'd like to have Ray um, start us off with the resolutions. Ray Campbell, Resolutions Task Force Chair. All right, be it further resolved, I will do that. Thank you, uh, Connie. Um, so as far as resolutions this year, again, bringing it back into the hands of the membership, um, we're going to try to do resolutions kind of like we did last year. Um, so to make that all happen, here's some things you do need to know. So May 1st, that is the deadline for submitting resolutions to the resolutions committee. Um, uh, after that, the resolutions committee is going to start meeting, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe, is what they have agreed to, uh, two days a week and on the community uh, events list. 
And they'll tell you what resolutions are going to be considered uh, so that if you have an interest in a given resolution, you can certainly plan to attend the meeting where that resolution will be discussed. So we'll have these meetings. These will be ahead of the convention. This is the time to go over resolutions, to do wordsmithing, to propose amendments, those kinds of things. And then once we hit the convention time, uh, on the floor during the general sessions of the uh, ACB conference and convention. The resolutions will be read out loud. They'll actually be read from the recordings that are going to be on ACB media because that's another thing we're going to be able to do is publicize the resolutions ahead of time and record them for you on ACB media so you can listen to them. And then we'll discuss each resolution, um, take amendments as we normally do, do things like that, and then what we're going to do is we're going to ask for consensus on each resolution. If there is consensus that should be adopted, it'll be adopted. If, however, people want a record vote on a resolution or people want a record vote on an amendment to a resolution, that's a roll call vote, then that will be handled uh, during business week, uh, which Connie talked about a couple minutes ago. Um, a couple of other quick things on resolutions. The resolutions are going to be voted on using the Vote Now electronic system. Any resolutions we have to vote on, those will be voted on by the record vote process. You'll have your individual vote, the Vote Now, and then you'll have the roll call vote of affiliates on those resolutions. A couple of quick things. One is we know that events happen that warrant resolutions being created after May 1st. So if you have a resolution you would like to submit after the May 1st deadline, you will need to go to the committee and provide an explanation of why that resolution could not have been submitted prior to May 1st. And the committee will decide if they're going to go ahead and take that resolution or not. And um, the other thing is that we hope that working on resolutions ahead of time is going to minimize the number of amendments that would be offered on the floor normally. So that what we mainly want to do on the convention floor is debate the resolutions pro or con, and then make a decision on whether to adopt them. So that's it on resolutions. Now I look forward to the question and answers to answer any of your questions. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. That was very good and some good points. So let's turn it over to John. John McCann president of the Arizona Council of the Blind. Thank you, Connie. And first of all, let me say it's a pleasure to be here. <clears throat> and I also want to give a shout out to uh, the fellow members of the ACB Constitution and Bylaws Committee. I couldn't be happier with uh, the makeup of that committee. Uh, a lot of fine intellects represented uh, in the individuals who are rendering service on that committee. <clears throat> The Constitution and Bylaws Committee uh, has already been meeting uh, on its own initiative to consider some amendments. Uh, presently, we have only considered amendments relative to uh, board administrative practices, eliminating outdated noticing requirements, which talk about postmarks within a certain number of days. And basically, we're addressing parts of the Constitution that probably go back to 1962, and being such, uh, they represent noticing requirements that were uh, relevant for that time. 
in other words, postal, you know, postmarks and things of that nature. So we're trying to update that. However, and you'll see this in the April issue of the Braille Forum, and please take note of it now, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee is actively uh, soliciting comments or proposed constitutional amendments, and you can bring them to my attention at john at jamsite.net. That's J-O-H-N at J-A-M-S-I-T-E dot N-E-T. Think of website, but it's Jamsite. That's my initials. We will begin having our meetings publicly in May. We will also ramp up our schedule. That's more a matter of immediate concern to the members of the committee itself. We have been meeting on the third Thursday of each month since December. We are going to expand that to be the first Thursday uh, and the first and the third Thursday uh, of each month. And those meetings will be open. We will also make committee members available to other community call uh, settings uh, or meetings as appropriate or as invited uh, to discuss the amendments that are under consideration. We think that this expands both the time and the breadth of the uh, environment for considering constitutional amendments. And this can only improve the process. And rather, as Ray stated, uh, we won't be in the position of, most likely we won't be in the position of having to entertain as many amendments from the floor. Keep in mind that last year we amended the Constitution to require, per DC Code, that all the main motion on the disposition, main motions on the disposition of constitutional and bylaw amendments had to be by record vote. So once a constitutional amendment has been considered on the floor and any subsidiary amendments have been addressed, the final version of the amendment will be contained on the ballot that will be circulated uh, on or before uh, what, what we're calling business week. And I believe that's July 11th through 13th. Constitutional amendments and bylaw amendments will be promulgated to the membership on that ballot. And that is the way that those will be disposed of, again, per uh, the requirement of a record vote. So I look forward to receiving uh, your proposed constitutional bylaw amendments. I will also caution that with this being the first year of our going hybrid, at least at this point, we believe it will be hybrid, though a final determination will be made on that, uh, with respecting that on April 1st, at the, that board, that date, April board meeting of the ACB board. Um, we really don't want to necessarily attack, um, tackle something that would be super controversial. Uh, again, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee is open to all amendments, and we will address the issue of how controversial and how problematic a consideration, the consideration of an amendment would be in this new environment if and when we have to confront that issue. But for this year, I hope that we will stick to matters that will be relatively non-controversial until we really uh, get our wings in this new hybrid environment. I believe that covers everything that uh, comes to mind presently. Thank you, John. Uh, that's some good information. Uh, now we will have Pat Sheehan speak to us about the voting task force and how the voting will take effect this year. Patrick Sheehan, 
ACB Board of Directors member. Thank you, Connie. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here today. Give you an overview a little bit about the voting system. The good thing is that we're getting a lot of changes here with respect to resolutions, constitutional bylaws. But I can tell you that the voting system is going to be the same as last year. We're all going to be using the same voting system. Uh, whether you're in a hybrid convention situation or <clears throat> uh, you're at a hybrid or you're voting from home, we're all going to be voting the same way. And that should make it uh, fairly easy for everybody. To help out with the voting <clears throat> at the hybrid convention, we are going to put a voting precinct together outside the, the voting room. And unlike last year, when we had to really struggle to get all the voting done very quickly, we are going to have the uh, individual votes go until five o'clock each afternoon. The first day of voting, of course, for any contested election will be on July 3rd. And uh, we will be starting off with voting for um, the, uh, five board positions and three BOP positions. And that will be done during convention week. But we will have uh, the voting done um, very much like we did last year. The only addition will be that we will be able to vote either at the precinct or at our rows at convention until 5 o'clock. The affiliate vote will then be um, done overnight, and then that will be uh, tallied the next morning. So we will also be having our speeches very much like we did last year. And that should be a fairly <clears throat> easy process so that we're used to all of that and uh, looking forward to that. Another change that we're going to have, of course, and you've heard some of this from, uh, from Ray and from John, is we, we will be doing more voting um, uh, the following week, the 11th, 12th, and 13th. We're calling that our business week, and we will be doing voting on um, the amendments for constitution and bylaws on the 11th, with final amendments being held on the 12th, and then uh, elections, uh, and then voting, final voting done on resolutions and on constitution and bylaws on the 13th, and that'll be the final voting day. The way voting on the 13th will work is that we will have one vote, one ballot, I'm sorry, for the um, resolutions, and we will have one ballot for any constitution and bylaws amendments. So if you think about it, let's say we take Alabama and we had five resolutions. Alabama would vote on resolution, resolution number one and number two then number three, then number four, and then number five. And we would go down like that through all the different resolutions. It's a little more complicated than what we did, but it allows us to have one ballot for resolutions, one ballot for constitutional bylaws. So we think that that's going to work out fairly well. We're thinking that we will probably have a, no more than 10 ballots between the contested board elections or maybe contested BOP elections, uh, the <clears throat> resolutions and constitution bylaws. We think that we have a good, um, a good process 
put in place. You certainly are going to be talking about this with membership so that you guys get a chance to ask us more questions. Uh, maybe we've forgotten something, so we're looking forward to seeing what you think about the process. Uh, we think it's a good process, which is going to be allow us for the first time to not only have elections for officers and BOP, but give you guys back the uh, resolutions and constitution and bylaws so that you get to vote on them as we move forward uh, in 2022. We thank you for your patience uh, that you've exhibited with uh, uh, bringing a new process in place. We appreciate the fact that uh, you give us input and we're looking forward to more input on that entire process this spring. <clears throat> thank you very much. And thank you very much to the voting task force. They've done a terrific job. Constitution and bylaws, resolutions committee, everyone has worked really well together to put together what we feel is the best package moving forward. I'm sure there'll be tweaks and improvements, uh, maybe even this year, but over the years, we don't know that we've got it perfectly right, but we think it's a good product and we think it'll work for this year. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pat. So we do have a lot of information and um, it's great information, but it's a lot to take in. So you'll need to hear it probably over and over again and see it in print. So we will make sure, I will make sure that everyone gets copies of everything in print. And we will make sure that we have a lot of sessions. We'll be on um, visibilities. We'll be on Tuesday Topics and Sunday Edition. And we welcome any and all affiliates to reach out to us or any chapters that we can do some speaking engagements. Because the more times you can hear this, um, the better it will be. And I am available to do one-on-one -on -one sessions like I did last year. I am very happy to do that. So... I would like to thank um, Ray, John, and Pat for this time. And we know that there's going to be a lot of comments and questions. So let's um, take some questions and comments and see where we go from there. So thank you very much. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Thank you so much, Connie, Ray, John, and Patrick. We appreciate the informative presentation. And I want to remind everybody again, if you have any questions, you can write to questions, that's questions with an S, at acb.org, or you can call Janet Dickelman or text her at 651-428-5059. Again, that's Janet Dickelman at 651-428-5059. At this point in time, I'd like to invite not just our four presenters, but three additional panel members for the questions and answer period. I'd like to introduce Deb Cook-Lewis, first vice president of the American Council of Blind and vice chair of the Resolutions 2.0 Task Force from Lewiston, Washington. Gabe Griffith, chair of the Resolutions Committee from Sacramento, California. I'm going to get myself in trouble on that game. And also, uh, it's, it's currently Concord. Concord. Okay, I'm sorry. Concord, California. And Jeff Tom, 
uh, ACB Board of Director and Vice Chair of the Voting Task Force 2.0 Committee from Sacramento, California. I'll get him right. And so welcome, everybody. And uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll kind of get the, the questioning started real quick while we wait for Janet to come we in. Do we do we have got a questions? questions. We all do. Right, well, let, let's yes. go straight to Janet's questions then because I, right. I can talk all day long. That's so right. go ahead. So go ahead, you can, Janet. You can fill in the gaps. All there right. we go. We have a question from Bill about the procedures for submitting resolutions for, uh, regarding organizations outside of ACB, and he wants to know where those resolutions are stored and basically what happens to those resolutions. So, Gabe, do you want to take that? Oh. But I just want to clarify, what do you mean outside ATV? You mean from an organization what, what that's he's not talking necessarily about, one of no, our... organizations that, my understanding from the question is resolutions that pertain to organizations outside of ACB. So if we make a resolution about, mm-hmm. I don't want to. Ah, okay. About, yeah. about so what happens to those and where are they posted? Right, right. Okay. And I know they're posted on our website, like all of our it, resolutions, right? Yeah, yeah. All all resolutions once once they are adopted, and even those that are not adopted, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a summary at least of what they were. But all resolutions that are adopted go onto our website. <sighs> and as far as what's done with them, I think that was the other part of the question. So the process is once the I think what he's evolved. talking about is the resolution. So what what you do when you get a resolution that's mm-hmm. pertaining to other organizations? That's well, they're they're basically treated just like any other resolution. The the resolution resolutions committee goes through and does any wordsmithing and and does our best to verify the information in the in the resolution, and then it's taken to. You know, traditionally the the membership to vote on the last couple of years it's been the board and then uh, as we're talking about here today uh, we're taking this year we're going to be taking it back to the membership to be voted on well, hopefully that answers the question I think so and then we have a question from Greg and he says he understands that the resolutions are recorded in advance but he wants to know if you can get if if there's going to be any way to get a copy of the resolution in advance in Braille, or I'm thinking maybe we can email out copies of the resolutions to people. And um, so he's asking about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I would think communication center would probably be willing to braille them up for in for people at the convention. Just and that's what we've done in the past, correct? With resolutions. I don't believe resolutions in the past have ever been printed or or embossed. It's been bylaws. Um. And I don't know about being able to mail them out, but this year we are definitely planning on having, because the resolutions are going to, we're planning to have the resolutions done prior to the convention. That's why our deadline is May 1st. And, and that's why the resolutions committee is going to be meeting that whole month, those whole months of May and April. Um, yeah, but yeah, this year we are definitely planning on having yeah. them available in both print and large print and braille at the convention for those. And like the convention. And just like last year, uh, this is uh, Ray Campbell speaking. And just like last year, um, we're going to be having uh, the resolutions read out on ACV Media ahead of time uh, for just you know. I know Bill's looking for a copy, and certainly that can happen. Mm-hmm. But um, 
We're certainly going to do that again this year. And actually, that as I stated in the video, the recordings for those are what's going to be used to read out the resolutions on the floor. But I do want to say on the floor, someone will be available from the resolutions committee to answer any questions that anybody might have about resolutions. Um, and, uh, exactly. If, if somebody has a question, what was clause four? What was the third resolution? <laughs> third yeah, 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 we're going to have somebody exactly. there to be able to read right. those in real time if needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then so we Janet, have a question from Chris who wants to know. I'm sorry, Connie, were you? No, I was just going to say, do you have any other questions? Uh, yes, I do. Most people, <laughs> people, this is a really, people are sending in questions. I, like important this. subject. Yes, it right. is. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Chris wants to know, and I can kind of take this, if, or if one of you wants to, how the, what the protocol and the format's going to be for roll call, if it's going to be recorded, if it's going to be live. And if you'd like me to do that, or if one of you wants mm -hmm. to. Go ahead, All right, so, so what the affiliates have requested, and I think it's a great idea, and I've talked with ACB Media, and we're going to have a hybrid roll call. So if yeah. you are in the on-site and you are the delegate for your affiliate, your state or special interest affiliate, you will go up to the microphone and you will talk live. If you are not at the convention, we will have a Zoom room for nomin for uh roll call Lees. I don't know if that's a name, but I just made it up. And then they will come on when it's time for their state or special interest affiliate, and they will speak remotely via Zoom. And we talked about trying to, if possible, maybe getting people who are doing the roll call in person, maybe seated together in the same area, kind of, so it makes it a little easier for microphone <coughs> access, but we haven't really fine-tuned that yet. But yes, hybrid roll call. Yes. And also <laughs> for the roll call votes, the roll call votes will be hybrid uh, as well, you know, for, right. the, for the affiliate and, votes on any uh, record votes that have to And take that's place. all I have at the moment, so I'm going to go away and monitor questions, and if I get some more, I'll just rudely break in and let you know. Just buzz in. <laughs> On, on the affiliate one before, I know, Dan, you said you had a question, but, but talking about affiliates. So for the uh, um, nominations, we have the affiliates need to get their information by July, May 1st to Denise Colley for the delegate, the alternate and their nominating person. So that's just an FYI, too, for concerning the affiliates. So I know, Dan, you said you had a question or two or comments. Uh, yes, uh, I'd like uh, if the resolutions team could talk a little bit more about the resolutions process, because I don't know, say we have 25 or 30 resolutions. Uh, my understanding is we're going to try to handle uh, as many of those as we can through the, the weekly general sessions and then a lot on Thursday. But the mm -hmm. goal is to present them and if at all possible, allow a voice vote uh, to uh, handle any amendments or then the passage of the final resolution. But if you sure. could walk through that. Gabe, yeah. Gabe, I'll go ahead and start that if Go you for want. it, right? And, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And then uh, you guys, Deb and you and Jeff can pick up if you need to. Um, yeah, it, this is a little different. So I'm glad. Thanks for asking the question, Dan. And by the way, we know you can talk all day long. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we love you for it. Right. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, this is a little different. So what we're going to do is, so the idea, 
as I said, uh, is that the resolution committee is going to start meeting uh, twice a week, starting in May. And that will be uh, the time that you can um, go into the resolutions. That meeting, you can make suggestions about changes to the resolutions as they're discussed. Again, you'll you'll know which resolutions are going to be discussed at which meetings, so you can make sure to plan to uh, be there for that. There's also a couple of other things about that that I didn't mention, and that is that one of the things we can do is that ACB can, uh, you know, folks from ACB, whether it's staff or committees, they can say, well, you know, we're already working on that topic. Um, so, you know, we're not sure a resolution is really necessary or um, we don't really have the resources right now to work on that topic, but we will, uh, you know, refer it to this committee or, or whatever, and then we'll, we'll handle it. Now, the, now, resolutions can only be withdrawn by the members. So if you submit a resolution and um, for some reason, uh, you know, it, it, you're, you're kind of discouraged from uh, allowing it to go forward you know, because we're already working on it or whatever the case may be, you as a member say, no, I want this resolution to go forward. And that is your absolute right. And it will go forward and it will get debated and wordsmithed and all of that. So that's uh, one thing. So then when it comes to the floor debate, um, so we're not going to do what we're proposing to do is not do a voice vote, you know, all in favor, say aye, all opposed, say nay, that kind of thing. What we're proposing to do is to just basically say, and this is done a lot in hybrid meetings now, uh, where we're <clears throat> proposing to say, is there consensus to adopt this resolution? Um, okay. So if, and when, once that question's asked on a given resolution, if less than 25 people object to adopting the resolution, that's 25 is our roll call threshold, remember that from the Constitution, then that, res that, that resolution would be adopted. So if 25 or more people, either by raising their hands on Zoom or they're standing in the convention hall, say, no, uh, we want a record vote on that resolution or an amendment to a resolution, then that will be put on the ballot for business week and that will be handled. Um, if there's amendments to resolutions that need to be record voted, those will be handled July 11th. And then the main motion on resolu that re those resolutions, once the amendments are settled, that would be handled um, the, the next day. And so that's the uh, process that we're, that we're looking to go with. So again, you'll be asked, is there consensus to adopt the resolution? Um, we, we think that a lot of resolutions will be adopted that way. The last few years, it's been most of them have gone through fairly, um, you know, fairly clean uh, without a lot of controversy, but there could always be some. And, uh, but, but if 25 of you say, hey, you know, that we, we feel strongly that this maybe should not be adopted or that we'd like a record vote on it, um, then we'll, 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 you'll, you'll certainly have the right, the opportunity for your membership rights to do that. And Ray, just FYI, I have a couple more questions. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want you to know that there's more right. questions out there. Okay. And, and Ray, if I could add on there something, sure. and something we've done the last year or two also is if there's a resolution that um, you know, might, might work better going to an, a committee uh, rather than necessarily going through a resolution, because maybe there's more work that a committee needs to research, or maybe there's a, 
uh, you know, something that committee can work on, um, then then sometimes a resolution gets gets passed on to that committee um, without necessarily being com- completed through the resolutions process. But again, like Ray was saying, the submitter of the resolution has to agree to that. The, the resolutions committee isn't just going to say, you know, oh, Ray, you submitted this resolution on uh, you know, ABC topic. And we think it's very handled by such and such committee. So thanks for submitting it. It's going over there. No, we have to go and say, Ray, we feel that this would be better handled by this committee. Do you, would you agree to that? And if Ray says yes, then we'll send that draft of the resolution mm-hmm. that Ray submitted onto that committee. Yep. Just as yep. a brief thought, this is Jeff. And I would just say, I would expect that Dan, who we get, sort of in voice votes would probably um, reiterate every time one of these comes up. We're kind of losing. 25, yeah, we're, you're breaking up totally. I, it will be adopted. So yeah. Jeff's breaking up a little bit, but I think what, what he's iterating is that, or suggesting, and I agree, is that we've got to be really clear that mm-hmm. when we are saying do we have 25 people wanting to truly be uh, requiring a record vote mm-hmm. on this, that we are very clear on it because that is, it's not just yes or no, but that people disagree with the vote and believe they would like a record vote. So we have to be very clear on that because, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's 80 to 20 voting for it, we know our constitution calls for 25 people is all it takes to call a record vote, but those take time and those cost money. So we want to make sure there's truly uh, we truly follow the process, but we will follow the process. Amen. Janet, you've got a question or two. Afraid. I do, and I was just listening to a couple of more questions. Um, so I, I just got a text from someone in a 409 area code who wanted to know if we could talk. The resolutions committee could talk a little bit more about the resolu- the affiliate vote. I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, I don't Deb, know do if wanna, someone. Deb, do you want to talk about that? We talked about that a little bit, but we haven't heard from you yet. Well, so so certainly. So the affiliate vote, as, as has been mentioned already, um, will be collected in a hybrid way um, between um, the people who are live and the people who are um, in the uh, Zoom presence. And as is always the case, um, the affiliates will um, designate their delegates. And uh, I assume that we're going to have to have them designate where their delegate is. And they may not have to do that until close to the convention in case that changes for the delegate. But basically, whether the delegate is expected live or expected um, in the Zoom uh, presence. And so then when we do the... um, um, affiliate vote, that's only going to, that's not going to occur with resolutions unless we um, have have those record vote resolutions, and then we would have to do that. So on the 11th, we're going to be uh, completing um, any voting for resolutions, and then at that time, we would um, uh, open the ballot for, I'm um, open the ballot for the record vote, and then we would also open for the affiliates. And then on the 12th, when we meet to do the next section of the business, we would um, have the vote for the, um, vote for the um, 
uh, for the affiliate vote in the same way that we do the elections. So when we when we vote for an office, the way we did this last year, as you recall, is that we set up the vote in one time period and had had any debate or candidates or whatever it was about the offices. And then during the time that we were adjourned, people voted. And then when they came back, they did, we did the affiliate roll call. So it will have to be the same process where we are able to do the affiliate roll call um, following the vote. I think Deb though, the, yeah. I think what the questioner is asking about those, okay. the resolutions, if there's affiliate votes on resolutions, right. so let, let me just go ahead and speak to that. I think I think what the question is referring to is, okay, there might be five resolutions on the ballot. You're going to vote on them all at once. That's right. what you're going to do. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. uh, so when Denise Colley mm-hmm. calls mm-hmm. Alabama <clears throat> Council of the Blind, um, ten votes or whatever Alabama has, then right. they'll say we vote five votes yes and. Five votes no on resolution one, two votes yes, and eight votes no on two, and so on. That's how you're going to have to yes, do it. Yes, and so it will you... have to be the following day from the debate yeah. of those mm-hmm. resolutions mm-hmm. because yep. they have to have time to collect that vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, 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 just for you, for the delegates out there, you if you you may not mm-hmm. be just collecting a vote on one resolution. You may need right. to collect votes on a, on more than one. So just be aware of that. To, mm-hmm. to anticipate another possible question, whether we're talking when we're talking about a roll call vote on a resolution, whether it's for your individual vote or for the ballot that the um, delegates will be voting on, you will not see all the whereas clauses. You won't have to read through all that. Some people would call it garbage. And, and he's on the resolutions committee. Thanks. And I have a couple more. Go ahead. Um, boss. First, <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, and I'm not sure if there's an answer for this question, but Michael wants to know if resolutions are widely circulated prior to voting, mm-hmm. what will prevent unpassed versions from uh, being circulated and causing confusion. And I don't. I guess the answer I would say is I'm not sure how widespread the copies of resolutions are going to be prior to the convention. Um, The main thing is going to be that uh, we'll definitely be publishing which resolutions are scheduled for any given uh, uh, community call. So people know which which uh, resolutions or topics that we're going to be discussing. But as far as actually disseminating ed- unedited versions or versions in progress, um, I don't know that we're going to do that. What's going to be published and circulated is, I think, going to be the final copies of the resolutions. This but is I Deb. Think- I was going to suggest, too, that basically we're going to, when we submit the final copies, they will come out as an official document. So they will come out Mm -hmm. through ACB and anything you acquire through any other resource will be drafts or things people are thinking about or whatever, but they will not be Mm -hmm. the official copies. Um, Those official copies will be read on ACB media and those official copies once passed will be the ones that are posted to our website, to our, to the Braille forum and to any, and will be the ones circulated to any impacted parties. So that also deals with that. What happens to third party 
resolutions. And if they call for them to be transmitted or whatever, then that's the ones that will be. And you always run the risk of any resolution maker publicly working their resolution through sort of a different process in the community. That's always been a possibility. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think that our chances of having um, misrepresented resolutions out there, I mean, we'll find out, but it seems to me like that. I don't think that risk is particularly um, higher than usual. I think it's the fact that they'll come out on official documents from ACB. Well, even since I was chair of the committee, which is probably 50 years ago, it seems like to me. At least. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you need to say that. I think I was um, about 12 years old when I was on your committee, Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. We've been hearing that folks want to see the yeah. And yeah. so mm-hmm. that's the most important part. Anything is as Deb said, anything can be abused, but people want to see resolutions, and this is really an advance in that area. And if I understand what you all shared, that not only will the resolution be recorded and played on ACB media on the appropriate channel and loop, but then that same recorded uh, resolution uh, audio will be what will be played during the convention. Yes, 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 exactly. And the and the text of that same recorded resolution is what's going to be in, available in print and braille. Email, at the convention. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all we're right. trying. It sounds yeah. like you all are trying every way you can to get the word out to the membership as early as possible. Mm-hmm. We're yep. hoping to. Yeah. I also had a task text from Wanda wanting to know when the voting task force would start having calls with affiliates. Um, and I know you're going to do some community calls. We are. I think that's so, a Connie question. Yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. I, I have um, some affiliates already set up. They've already reached out to me. Um, and I got the two topics set for April 5th. I got visibility set for April 22nd and Sunday edition for April 24th. So anytime they want to start. Um, just reach out to me. So I am, I'm ready. So thank you. And Connie is a taskmaster. She'll keep us in line. She is. <laughs> That's right. as, as I can all attest, I was um, making sure they were all here on time today too. So. <laughs> and Connie did a great job of making sure that all of the summaries were in and that we all had a clue what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. good job Connie too. <laughs> right. I did they got a text message about 10 minutes before this and it's like, it's like make sure you're on <laughs> oh very and good we also oh. had a question from Donna about and I'm not sure if but this is for the voting task force about issues last year if there was go, if there were some fixes for people who were calling in to do cast their votes from landlines because there were some I'm not sure exactly what she's. I I remember. I don't know if Jeff and or yeah Pat doesn't yes. really have. I can I can make fun of Jeff with or um, Pat with his froggy squeaky voice, but um, Jeff can talk to it. Otherwise, I can. Uh, I, I <laughs> go know ahead, Jeff. Froggy I, says, "Go ahead." I can mm-hmm. tell you this much: they are definitely aware of those concerns because several of us have talked to Vote Now about them. Um, I don't know, maybe that's something we can have Nancy report on and and get out some information in terms of what they're going to do to try to address that. But I do know that's something they're working on. 
And that's all I have for the moment. And, and we haven't really stressed that or shared that very much. But again, um, Patrick, I guess a question uh, to you, Connie and Jeff, is uh, my understanding is we will be using vote now again, and it'll be used mm-hmm. in the same process where uh, we'll either email the member if they provide us a valid email address. So as we get through membership certification, please Update your valid email address uh, through that process or at members.acb.org with your current email address. Anybody who has an email address that's valid and on file will get an electronic uh, voting code and uh, registration packet. And for everyone else, they'll be mailed in Braille and large print uh, so many after the record date, but so many days in advance of the convention. So we're going to follow that same process and you'll use that same uh, vote now code for all ballots throughout the process. Actually, I have a question, if I could. And that is, I just thought it just popped into my head. So what if you're at convention and for some reason you happen to lose your code? Uh, Is there going to be a a, a process for people to go, say, to registration and get that code, um, get help getting that code? Is that how that would work? I can take that if you'd like. Most certainly, but go ahead, Janet. Yep. But yes, that's that that would be the plan. And we are also going to have assistance during the convention. Um, After general session closes, when voting opens up, we will have assistance for people who need assistance um, casting their ballot. Um, Yes, yes, the voting precinct. Yep. And they'll be able to vote however they want. I mean, if they want to do it, I if they want assistance with the phone or if it's through the email and stuff, but yeah, they'll, there will be definitely someone. Yeah. And one thing that we managed to do this year was to deconflict the, uh, the, the affiliate vote with the uh, regular individual vote. And that was something that came up last year. So we thanked uh, folks that brought it up because we actually, as the voting task force hadn't thought about that. We look forward to your suggestions and things that we might have missed this year as we go forward and talk to folks, uh, and, you know, and with in, all these conferences. Mm-hmm. And in closing, I would just say this to everybody as we get near closing time, and that is pack your patience, folks. This is <laughs> new to all of us, and mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all in this together. We're going to work through it together. Hey, we, our core values, one of our core values is flexibility. We can do this, guys. And uh, the most important thing is, especially on resolutions, is we're getting it back into your hands where it belongs. And so um, you're here. maybe a little different, but um, you're here. Hey, pack your patience. Mm-hmm. We'll make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think and, and like Pat. Go ahead, go ahead, Gabe. Oh, I was just going to say, and like Pat said, it's, it's a process in, mm-hmm. uh, or it's a work in process. And uh, you know, since this is a first year for resolutions and bylaws to be voted hybridly. Uh, I guess if, mm-hmm. if uh, Janet can make up words and maybe I can too, because I don't know if hybridly is a word, but um, you know, since, it, it since soon will be. For, yes. <laughs> <laughs> since uh, this is the first year for doing those in, in this way, um, it is definitely still a learning process. And also a huge thanks to resolutions and constitution bylaws. Uh, the team has worked really well together with voting task force. It has been terrific. How much we've accomplished in such a short time. What a great It has, it has been, you know, and 
And I think it'll be great when we can do all the shows together. When, you know, we do the outreach, we talk to the affiliates, you know, mm-hmm. we definitely will be working out together. You know, it's, a, it's a nice package deal. So. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I'd like to hear a little bit from John with constitution and bylaws, because they're, you know, they're in a little bit different world than that by, mm-hmm. um, by, by constitution uh, requirements that all constitution amendments and bylaw amendments have to be read twice before they can be discussed. Uh, So the understanding that I have is on that last Thursday of our business meeting on uh, July 7th, we'll have the first reading of all those constitution and bylaw amendments. And then we'll have a second reading uh, prior uh, on the first business meeting on the 11th. And then those constitutional uh, and bylaw amendments will then be debated with a chance for any amendments to take place. If amendments take place and there's any requirement for a roll call vote on the amendments, those would take place on the 12th. And then on the 13th will be the voting. There will be no debate. They'll just be balloting and voting. So, John, um, would you like to kind of uh, echo or add to those remarks of how the Constitution and bylaws process will work? Uh, sure, Dan. And uh, wow, I thought I was going to get away with not even be uh, having to say <laughs> I, 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 I saw you over there being quiet. I was waiting. <laughs> and I'm thinking that must have been because I did such an awesome job in the pre-recorded presentation. <laughs> yeah. you know, humility was never one of my strong suits, oh. but I say that as a joke and hope it is taken as such by everyone out there uh, here and in the studio audience, as they said on the game show. Uh, you pretty much covered it, Dan. Um, per, consti- per DC code, uh, the final disposition, uh, uh, the disposition of main motions has to be by record vote. Uh, and in order to allow for discussion and the consideration of any amendments, uh, where uh, that portion of addressing constitution and bylaw amendments will be on the 11th, which allows us that intervening day of the 12th to have a uh, ballot. We may not require ballot voting on the uh, any amendments to amendments, be they constitutional bylaws. That's per our current constitutional provision about if any 25 people object or want a roll call vote, then we have to provide for a roll call vote. That has nothing to do with the DC code. That is to honor our existing practice. So once those amendments are disposed of on the 12th, and by amendments, I mean amendments to what will finally be proposed in terms of constitutional and bylaw amendments, that gets addressed on the uh, 12th, I suppose in the late afternoon or evening of the 12th, the ballot is prepared, uh, stating in final form the motion uh, any motions uh, for the alteration or amendment of constitutional bylaw provisions, and they get voted up or down on a record vote the following day, the 13th. So I just want to, again, publicly give a shout out to the members of the Constitution Bylaw Committee. They are all rock stars. We have several attorneys, most of whom are from uh, name law school, you know, top ranking law schools, and, and they've done a bang up job. And I want to emphasize, oh, I seem maybe to be talking across purposes, but, you know, we want to hear 
of any of your constitutional or and or bylaw proposed amendments, but understand that depending on the level of controversy involved in the amendment, we may want to go slow this first year. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to address that on a case-by-case -case basis. Again, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee does not have, nor would I ever wish to see it have, uh, any kind of veto or uh, preemptive power to not have it come to the floor. That's not what I'm suggesting. But, but uh, let's take incremental steps here. And uh, I think everything else was covered in my presentation. You'll see the announcement in the April forum, and I've already given you my email address, which I'll give again. John, who knows how to spell John when it's not short for Jonathan, which it isn't, J-O-H-N at uh, jamsite, J-A-M-S-I-T-E dot net. Uh, send them along to me, and uh, I will assure that they get attention and consideration by the Conor Bylaws Committee. Well, thank you all. I appreciate this so much. I appreciate you taking time to do the formal presentation. That'll be available out on uh, our YouTube channel uh, very shortly, as well as made available as a podcast. And uh, I want to thank you for all your uh, your service and uh, participation through this process. It really is a collaborative effort. So again, thanks to Connie, Ray, John, Patrick, Deb, Gabe and Jeff. So thank you all so much and have a thank good you. afternoon and enjoy the rest of the conference. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. And next we have an opportunity to hear what's up and what's new from our ACB media network. Uh, a lot of exciting things have been happening in the ACB media area. And at this point in time, I'd like to introduce our uh, ACB uh, Director of Advocacy and Communications, Tony Stevens from Baltimore, Maryland, along with um, Rick Morin, our newly hired uh, ACB Media uh, Manager and IT uh, Manager as well uh, from Worthram, Massachusetts. And from where? Warthram? And that in Waltham? <laughs> How do you say that? Waltham. Waltham. Oh, okay. Waltham. I think we had a misspelling there. I didn't have any F. Yeah, in there, there you go. Waltham. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I think every little neighborhood in Massachusetts must be a different city. You Yeah, you're you're thinking you're thinking Worcester. Okay, is that, is, is that, yeah, you, you got, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Carl and Kim, you live like three miles away from each other and you're all in different cities. You're yeah. cracking me up. Yeah. Like all some right. people call Watertown, Waterton. Watertown. Oh. <laughs> if we keep, if we keep messing around here, we won't have to say, we won't have okay. to. Okay. From Waltham. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts. Easy for me to say. <laughs> and, and Larry Gassman from Fullerton, California. Who That's is one our city. new our new contractor and uh, ACB media uh, coordinator? So thank you all so much for being here. And Tony, I'll let you uh, you you uh, wrangle this crowd. So thank you. I have a big smile on my face, Dan. I know it's been a really long day for you. So yes. <laughs> good after good afternoon, everybody. I, my name is Tony Stevens, the director of development and communications for the American Council of the Blind. It's nice to be with so many folks online. We've got really good, solid stream listeners. So we're going to be talking a little bit about these streams today. 
in all things ACB media, as well as having the opportunity to introduce you to some folks who you are already probably very familiar if you check out ACB media. Right, I was That's still on. To ACB radio. I was still on. I thought it was going to so, uh, But just so we know, hey, Connie, you're still uh, muted, unmuted there. So as folks are getting off from the other session, so. But yeah, welcome everybody. We'll be talking about ACB Media today and how it's played an integral part in our communications for the American Council of the Blind. And it's been such an out, outstanding support for not just the community events that we're now at, I think, what is it? Cindy's probably listening in right now. We're just at maybe after tonight, 7,500 or maybe starting tomorrow. Uh, but also for for all the all the affiliate leaders, for your state conventions, you know, how we waive, waive the fees. We'll talk a little bit about that and kind of moving forward, things that are going on with ACB Media. But in all those things, uh, you know, it is, it, is, it is a rock within our organization. It is an enormous source of volunteer hours. Uh, we heard uh, Dan moving in speech in his year in review uh, from last year uh, when he talked about how in 2020, and we're still counting the numbers for 2021, but it's probably going to be pretty close, over a million dollars in volunteer time donated. And a huge chunk of that is in ACB Media. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the volunteers as well and giving them thanks and uh, and looking forward to what's in the future. So in terms of our future, it's going to be set sail by by two new helmsmen that are leading in terms of the ACB media operations. One is on the IT side, the back end side, uh, the real the real sort of uh, work that labor that goes on. And the other is working significantly with the volunteers and the streamers. So let's introduce both of them. Dan already did. I'll get it right. Nawatham up in up in Massachusetts. Rick Morin. Hey, Rick. You've been quietly behind the scenes for the past two days. And how's it feel to be in front of a camera now? Oh, no, it feels great, Tony. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks for joining today. And one of our newest team members who just came on board literally like a week ago. Um, we were talking last night and I was like, hey, have you learned this yet? Because I don't expect you to know this yet. And he's still trying to figure out you know, where the coffee room is and uh, where the water cooler is, which luckily oh, for teleworking, are. it's not too hard. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but, but Larry, Hey man, welcome to the team. Thank you, Tony. And, and nice you've to been, be you've been volunteering for a while. I'd like to first find out from the two of you. And because this ties to so many of our volunteers and we want to give a huge thanks to all the volunteers, all of our streamers uh, who help work behind the scenes. Um, first and foremost, one of our own board members, Jeff Bishop, who, at this time last year at the leadership conference last year was sharing the news of the future ACB media network. It launched in late June. Uh, it was a huge part of last year's convention with its 10 streams. Um, you know, it is a, it is a force to be reckoned with now in terms of our communications and our infrastructure, uh, but where did it all start? And, and it starts with people and volunteers. Tell me a little bit. We'll start with you, Larry. Uh, how you got involved with ACB Media and a little bit about just your radio background. I know you had a chance to share it, uh, you know, the other day with the board, but tell the audience a little bit about where you're from. Well, I, a long time ago, back in 73 out of college, I, I loved the uh, idea of being involved with a college radio station. And from there, my love of old-time radio got me a job uh, playing the shows, introducing the people who worked on the shows, interviewing them from 1980 on. So I've been around a while. Uh, and I continue that even today with my twin brother, John, we still do it. And we have, have another radio station that we do that's 24 seven devoted to radio, old time radio. But in, uh, 
In 2018, we joined ACB. Now, I'd, I've known of and knew Jonathan Mosin going back to the early 2000s and worked with him uh, doing FSCast for Vespero. But, but I've been listening to, to Jonathan since 2000 with Main Menu, et cetera, and some of the other shows he had done. So I was well aware of ACB Radio. Uh, and then in 2018, uh, shortly before I retired, I, I said, I, I'd love to get involved with this. And uh, we've known Jeff Bishop since the 90s. So about the time I retired, maybe a little before, um, we said, hey, how can we help? And he said, well, we're looking for streamers. We're looking for editors. And I said, well, I know how to edit because I've used audio sound editors, but I have no idea what you're talking about with regard to streaming. I'd never done it before. He said, oh, we'll show you. So I learned and got heavily involved. And, and I have a passion for radio. I love it. Enjoy it thoroughly. And so now I've been streaming conventions and, and, and also state affiliate conventions and things like that for about three years or so. Done a ton of editing. I've edited since probably 2005 and six digitally and before that with razors and uh, tape, which was a, to- it's a totally different story. But I've been involved in radio since the 70s and love it and uh, and did all this after I retired, too. I had no idea, no inkling that I ever wanted to do anything in terms of a job I, because my passion is to just be involved with radio. But this job came about and people said, you know, you should you should maybe think about maybe applying. And I said, well, I'm not gonna, they're not going to pick me. There are so many worthy candidates who know a lot more about streaming, et cetera, than I do. I just, I'm just learning this. And they said, no, apply, do it. So I did and uh, was very astounded to find out that I actually got the job about, what, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm diving in and learning a lot, learning the culture, learning everything involved with it. And, uh, and Rick's been a great teacher because he's been showing me when I was even a volunteer, some of the things that we were doing to help with regard to being on the inside on the team. And, and now it's a, it's a matter of just running and catching up and doing all the things that need to get done to make this an even better uh, media network. Yeah. Well, and we were so thankful when you, you came on board with, you know, with, with Jeff and then, you know, getting into the podcast world by being you and John being on main menu um, and, and excited that the support you've been able to help root as a volunteer out for over the past couple of years have been huge. Rick, you're you're now a full time employee of, of ACB as the manager for uh, ACB Media and IT. Uh, it feels like you've been around forever, though, in terms of you know working behind the scenes to really help. If it's with our conventions, you're always at conventions for years. Anybody that gets to our live conventions knows you is always the one running around with audio cables and microphones and just the man who loves sound. Uh, talk a little bit about how you got involved and what brought it, you into sort of the ACB Media uh, prior to that ACB Radio world. Well, thanks, Tony. It, it's kind of funny. My story is similar to uh, to Larry's in that I, I used to cut my fingers with the razor blades and splicing <laughs> blocks, too. Oh, two track Ataris, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, the big Memorex, you know, the big 12-inch yeah. reels of tape and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But I started in college radio. I uh, uh, Around the year 2000, I started to get involved in advocacy. And uh, long story short, I was doing some advocacy work the Red Sox, uh, got to know Brian and Kim Charlson, heard about this thing called ACB Radio. Um, you know, Brian and I talked about uh, doing a show on ACB Radio. We did something called the Yin Yang Show for about seven years. 
And, uh, and, and I, I, I mean, I, to me, this is like uh, reliving my college days. I just totally love this. Um, you know, I was the general manager of the campus radio station uh, for the three of the five years. I went to a five-year school. I didn't go to, it wasn't four years and five. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of on-air stuff. And uh, lately, it's been a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, convention. Uh, it, it's, you know, I started, it was funny about, it must have been about eight or nine years ago now, Kim said to me one day, Hey, we need some help at convention. All we need is somebody to run around and change batteries and the microphones. Do you want to come? And, you know, after that convention, I told her, I said, if I, if I had known the truth, Kim, I never would have said yes to this. But, but, but anyways, it was a lot more than changing, changing um, uh, batteries, but I just totally loved it. Uh, been, you know, did that for several years. Um and, you know, since this whole virtual thing happened, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, you and I, Tony, kind of, you know, started sketching stuff out. You know, how are we going to do this? And, you know, I, Eric kept uh, talking yesterday about um, building the airplane while it was flying. Yeah, yeah that's certainly what we did mm-hmm. uh, to, to build the hybrid conventions. Uh, I'm sitting here today in the middle of my studio in our studio setup here at Perkins, uh, where we're uh, basically bringing together everything that people are seeing in the webinar. And uh, and I want to say special thanks to uh, Kim Charlson for giving us um, the opportunity to uh, to stretch out here in in the uh, Braille and Talking Book Library in Watertown. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to get that clear for Dan so he doesn't call it Waterton. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just been a lot of stuff, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I typically don't do things halfway. So I, you know, you talk, I immerse myself in things and, and I, I, I love what I'm doing and, uh, and yeah. And immerse is a nice way to put it. Cause yeah, I know we both email at all hours of the day and night. I'm a late night person. You're an early morning person. And sometimes those times have even crossed paths. They so, have. yeah. And, and, and I want to talk a little bit about the infrastructure as we begin to talk about the future of ACB. Um, what folks might not know too, though, is you have decades of experience in real, like sort of IT heavy duty backend systems, database and the whole lot um, in your past life, right? So many of us have had past lives. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you come to the IT side as well as really being able to support an integration of all of our digital assets. Cause folks don't know that, you know, the work I, I, I got a chance to be an advisor in journalism school for grad school for a college radio station. So I love that you two both have that college radio passion, uh, which is so much of what the, the ACB media is sort of the spirit of the volunteers. If anybody's ever worked in college radio it has that same kind of feel, but um, yeah. there's a lot of tech that goes on behind the scenes too, especially with streaming that folks don't know about. And a lot of things of signals going back and forth and in and out. And it's not as easy as you think it is. And so, yeah, you, you brought a wealth of experience, I think, in just that data management and understanding how systems talk to each other. That's so much of it, because we have a, a wide breadth of systems. When we talk about ACB Media, for folks who don't know, and you can go to acbmedia.org to really find out the whole breadth of what we are able to offer. Uh, but it's everything from our blog to our podcast feeds, which we have dozens of podcasts available, to our 10 live streams. It's a whole infrastructure. 
Um, talk a little bit about the back end. And if you think back to when you and Brian were doing that sort of show years ago, um, I imagine it was probably more like chewing gum and duct tape back in those days. Um, but, but talk a little bit about our larger digital assets. And Larry, we can throw it to you too, just with ACB Media. Um, in terms of what we have at our fingertips now uh, that maybe we didn't have when Jonathan and Charlie Crawford and Paul Edwards had this idea, you know, 22, 23 years ago it was to start creating something that would be an online way for us to communicate and listen to each other. Yeah, that's a good question, Tony. Uh, you know, we're, we're in an exciting time in ACB uh, when it comes to IT in general. Um, you know, for many, many years, um, you know, ACB, operated uh, its own IT. We had physical servers and, uh, you know, things were just basically built from the ground up. Uh, and, uh, you know, over time, it, it kind of, it kind of got more and more difficult to maintain this stuff. Um, and, and I give Jeff a lot of credit for this. Jeff, uh, Jeff Bishop uh, was instrumental in uh, driving ACB into a cloud-based infrastructure um, on a platform called Azure. So all of our uh, major assets right now uh, for ACB reside in Azure. And for you know, a lot of people may not know what Azure is, but you probably have heard about Amazon Web Services. It's Microsoft's version of AWS. Uh, right now, uh, ACB Media is, we're in the process of migrating ACB Media off of our old, it, it's running in Azure, but it's still running with a program base uh, that's uh, from the old times. It's some Linux uh, architecture uh, with pretty inflexible uh, scheduling routines, and we are in the process of migrating everything uh off of that infrastructure into a new cloud-based infrastructure, uh, which will make us a little bit more nimble when it comes to scheduling um, and that type of thing. We use something called Live 365, um, which is the actual um, uh, platform that we're actually streaming to, and then Live 365 disseminates it to everybody. When you when you log into um, when you go to Alexa, and now my Alexa is going to say hi. When you go to Alexa, uh, that's actually going to Live 365 where we're sent, sending our signal to. And we've got a lot of intermediate steps that we're going to get rid of and go, you know, native to Live 365. That's just kind of a lot of jargon. But but yeah. we're, going to, we're in the process of streamlining stuff. Um, uh, you know, the, uh, Larry can talk about programming, but, you know, our goal is, is, uh, we've just got tons of opportunities for programming. Um, one of the things I'm real excited about from a programming standpoint, and I'd really love to see this, uh, you know, get off the ground is this whole notion of the Spanish language, uh, stuff that we're doing. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I would be thrilled if we could put together, uh, you know, a 24-7 Spanish channel, um, sure. if, we, if we could. But, you know, in terms of, you know, we, we essentially are operating 10 radio stations or 10 streams. Uh, we don't have them all lit up at the same time. Uh, but we've got, so we've got a lot of excess capacity. There are times like during convention where even 10 kind of taxes our capacity. 
but uh, you know, convention is just a couple months of the year. Um, we just have lots and lots of opportunity for talent to come in, work with us, both from a creative and a technical side. And in order to support all that, we need volunteers, but we also need to have a more nimble infrastructure. So, and I, uh, so I want to push pause just real quick on that because the, it's nimble, but it's also saving us money when folks always ask, you know, that yeah. me at least, you know, what am I getting yeah. with my money? Uh, this yeah. whole new system is faster. When we went to acbmedia.org, folks might not have noticed, but the old days of when we had to use like Winamp players and all these separate players, you click that button on ACB Media and it goes like instantly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. And, and one, of, one of the other things that we're working on, and still it's, it, it's Rick until I catch up and I'll catch up, but, but we're working on gathering together because we've got a convention coming up. We're, got, we're talking about trying to gather together uh, editors and streamers uh, and that will happen. But one of the things we've talked about over the last year, and, and we haven't had a chance to do totally everything we want to do with it yet, is we want to gather people together from all of the affiliates who choose to, and we want them to have their own spot on the ACB Media, Net, Media Network, which will then obviously be funneled, if we can, into podcasts. We, we're looking for more and more content. And, and so why not? All, all, everybody listens to ACB Radio. Why not have a part in getting the message out about whatever it is, whether it be a, a state affiliate or a special interest affiliate? So we're, we're not there yet. We're working on it. We have a few. We're trying to get more. Uh, it, it'll take a little bit of time, but that's one of the things that we're looking for in the future. Yeah, well, talk a little bit point, about time because it's all – oh, go ahead, Rick, and then I had a question. No, I just, just make a quick point to that. Mm-hmm. You know, traditionally with, with ACB Radio, mm-hmm. you had to – in order to get something on the air, you not only had to, to create content, but you had to be the tech, the technical guy to put it together. Right. Okay? Yeah. What we're trying to do right now is separate the creative process from the technical process. And for those people who have good creative ideas, some good content, but don't have the technical wherewithal, uh, part of what Larry and I are trying to do is trying to get our organization in such a place where we have, you know, we can provide production support as true production support to creative people. Let creative people do do what they do best, and have production mm-hmm. people do what they do best. That's and that's a question I was going to ask. Is is you know because all three of us kind of cut our teeth in the old days of uh, you would go into a radio station, you might have a DJ slot, or you know, a, a, college radio is pretty much like any community radio, right? Yeah, uh, reaching out to people in the community. Here's your show. Mm-hmm. You go in and the broadcast engineer says, you touch that button there. And I'm pointing as if there's like one button, no other buttons you push. That's your button. Don't push yep. any of this stuff on this large rack on the side of the mixer board. Yep. And, and, you know, it is that sort of, in a sense, it was, it was very easy unless all these other buttons started blinking and making noises or something went out, you know. Um, right. I, I like the, the, the fact that we're really trying to embrace people because some people can get overwhelmed with technology. Um, were you all both in a sense, cause Larry, you mentioned you never were, you know, familiar with streaming per se. Um, the stuff is learnable, but the more that we can kind of automate or take things out of their hands, um, the better we have a chance for this creativity to sort of nourish it. So, I mean, we don't want, we don't want the, the medium to hinder the message in a sense, do we? No, we don't. I mean, in my particular case, I love technology and I've been, using screen readers and I've been doing radio stuff for a very, very long time. So I love that fact. Not everybody does, but, yeah. but we're trying to make people feel comfortable and we're, we're, 
we're ta- we're doing a lot of communications one on one with new people who want to stream and some of our older streamers who haven't streamed in a while because we'd love to have them join us but we want them to be comfortable and and we're still designing we're still playing a little bit and trying to refine what will work best for everybody so it's going to take a little bit of time but but we will get there and and what can people do that if someone's listening now maybe they are interested i've had several people you know all the way from age 17 to well into their 70s that have said you know i, I like what i listen to these community meetings and the other stuff going on the other programming um, i want to try to help out what should be someone's first point of contact? Because we do need to build up our volunteer base. We'd love to have more people join the team. I guess Larry, what's me. your email address? Yeah. Give, can I, can I you give your email address? I don't have phone number yet. We're still working on the phone number. But the email address is very simple. Gastman is my last name, and it's spelled G-A-S-S-M-A-N. So the email address is lgasman at acb.org. And once again, Gasman is G-A-S-S-M-A-N. And if you're interested in either the production or the creative, they can reach out to you and get more information on how to volunteer. Correct. Excellent. Fantastic. And, you know, Rick, in terms of the conventions, because that's a huge question as well that people have, what's the best way for affiliates that are interested in convention and and to understand that we have a lot of constraints sometimes, um, you know, to make sure that we're not having eight affiliates all at once on a convention? What's, What's the best way and the best context for the uh, in working with the conventions, what's your recommendation for affiliate leaders? Yeah, anybody though. Well, first off, if if there are folks who want to get involved in the technical side of the conventions, uh, you know, please call me. Um, uh, let me give you my email address. It's r m o r i n at uh, acb.org. and um, um. I'm sitting in front of a screen here, and I don't know what happened to my face, but, but anyways. Don't let um, me answer that. Your voice is still there. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the big thing about the – everybody's heard the word hybrid used a thousand times mm-hmm. over the course of the last couple of days. Let me define what a hybrid is. A hybrid is a, an environment where we want people who are physically at the convention to be able to interact with people that are – remote and people that are remote be able to interact and feel like they're there at the physical convention. Um, There's a whole lot of technology to make that happen. Uh, What we've been doing with Zoom and a lot of all this virtual stuff, obviously, is a big part of that hybrid piece. But now this whole matter of integrating the virtual with the real world uh, is uh, it's a lot more complicated than people might think. But it's a lot of fun to figure out, and uh, I would invite anybody to reach out to me. Again, my name, uh, you know, it's Rick Morin at rmorin, M-O-R-I-N, at acb.org, and, uh, you know, be happy to talk to you about it. Fantastic. And for the audience, folks, the people that maybe don't want to volunteer but love to listen and want to find out more, we're excited that they're working to to integrate this calendar of programming on ACB Media onto the ACB. Uh, dot org website is that am i right in that rick and that's forthcoming pretty soon I yeah think? well actually there's a calendar right now in acbmedia.org uh we we've got a couple of our schedules of our acb media schedules actually in the calendar but uh you know we have some very very good uh, calendaring uh, technology in acbmedia.org which we're going to be porting into acb.org to make it more of an acb events calendar 
not just a, a media calendar. Um, and, and of course, media and events go hand in hand. There's you know, virtually yeah, so much is streamed now. Yeah. Yeah. V- very, very few uh, events that are happening at ACB don't involve media, even down at the affiliate level. Uh, a big, a lot of what we do is, is support um, uh, affiliate conventions. So, um, so yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, that's, that's helpful stuff to know. So, L Gassman, L-G-A-S-S-M-A-N at ACB.org if you're interested in volunteering, if you're interested in helping out with your affiliates or how your affiliate can help take some of the load off our shoulders by teaching, uh, learning how to fish, you know, in that sense. Uh, we'd love to try to help uh, expand the volunteers out there who are wanting to help, you know, pick up some of these technical skills. There's skills, too, that you can go use at your own church or your own community association, uh, yeah, exactly. apartment association and things. So it's amazing skills, similar to how Cindy's been doing with the Zoom trainers for the hosts, the Zoom hosts. Um, ACB is looking to do that as well with our media. So, and um, yeah, just yeah. just one one last point too, Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you if you're having difficulty getting a hold of Larry or me for whatever reason, feel free to reach out to Tony as well. I mean, we're all part of the Always, communications yeah. team, um, and um, you know, we we work very very closely together. And uh, you know, just. Just yeah, be persistent. Um, you know, there's you know so many hours in the day, but you know uh, it, our intent. We're not going to be able to keep this ship afloat um, unless we uh, you know quadruple uh, the amount of volunteers at least yeah. that we have working with us over the course of the next year or two years. And a reminder on the acbmedia.org website, too, is a link to our acbvoices.org blog. We had a chance to hear from the BOP folks the other day uh, with Katie Frederick and company and De- Deb Cook-Lewis and folks who have been working with the BOP for so long. Sharon Lovrain is our editor. Lovrain is our editor here in the national office. Um, she's now more integrated into our comms team, as is the ACB Voices blog. If maybe you're not wanting to hear your voice, but you love to type at some words, feel free to submit something to voices at acb.org. If you ever have a story you want to tell or an idea, even if it's something uh, it could cross over into any of our media outlets, but voices at acb.org, uh, that's for the blog. And we try to get authentic voices of experience for people who are blind and visually impaired across the country. It's hopefully a time capsule. And then, yeah, like Rick said, you can always reach out to me, A. Stevens, A for Antony. A-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S at A-C-B dot org. That's A. Stevens with a P-H at A-C-B dot org. Um, Mr. President, I don't know if we have time for questions or closing remarks with Larry and Rick at all. Uh, yes, we definitely have time for a few closing remarks. And I, I just uh, had a couple of quick reflections. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, looking back, our last uh, in-person uh, D.C. leadership conference two years ago, the board meeting before that was the first time we had ever broadcast an ACB board of directors meeting on uh, ACB radio, now ACB media. So look where we've come in just two years and how many things we podcast now, our convention content, just kudos to you guys. I mean, we went from you know, within uh, what three or four weeks there after the convention, we had all of the uh, uh, the, the different breakout sessions, all podcast and put into tracks where everybody could easily find them. And so it's been kind of drinking through a fire hose, right guys, over well, this last couple of years, it's been you know, quite to, a lot of advancement. Yeah. Today, Dan is the last day and Eric's listening. I know right now to this, he remembers this as well as I do. This was the last day that we were in the office at ACB. 
At least I know oh myself my was. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. and it yeah. was it, and this is the last day two years ago that I, I went a whole day without wearing a mask. So when you think mm-hmm. about how much our lives have changed over the past two years, but we definitely went from this day to the seventeenth when the first community mm-hmm. meeting was, and they're having that two year anniversary in a couple of days. Be sure to check that out, everybody. Um, yeah, we went from zero to 60, but it wouldn't have been possible without the volunteers, without Jeff Bishop. We can't forget Debbie Hazelton and Jason Castingway, who really helped yep. sort of bridge the ACB radio um, and then helped to get those meetings up. And, you know, I had a chance to work with Jason when I when it first came on and he's uh, still out there doing great audio things in the world. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so many volunteers behind the scenes and the people that sort of helped lay the foundation. Yeah, and I and also want to just thank you. It's just these little initiatives. I think Rick came up with this one, but you know, let's take the let's take the Braille form and and run it on a loop on a ACB media channel, you know? And now yep. people go yep. to that regularly to get their news. And and then with the legislative seminar, again, taking that initiative to put you know, the different radio shows and uh, Clark's and, and uh, Swatha's uh, legislative imperative shows, package them into a six-hour loop and run that on ACB Media, too. I mean, this is getting content and information out there. It's really leveraging the media network. It's, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah, and, and we're Janet. having... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, gonna Janet. just I'm just gonna intercede. I know we didn't call for questions, but I was looking at the mailbox and I just wanted to do a big shout out from Sheila Young and FCB for oh. to Rick thanking them, thanking Rick for handling the first ever virtual ACB special interest or, or affiliate hybrid convention. Hybrid, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Florida FCB gets to be says the, uh... thank you. <laughs> The guinea pig, but no, the but Sheila and Dan and everybody and Anthony yeah. and everyone worked hard on that. And Deb Grubb. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's been a wonderful. Florida, Florida's uh, helped out a lot and just in terms of volunteers. So thank you, Florida. If, if, if I can just indulge myself here for a sec, if anybody's curious about what it's taking to, to bring this uh, leadership uh, conference to everybody. Ooh, do we get a tour um, real quick? <laughs> well, I'm, I think my camera's been switched off. The Boston but, headquarters? Yeah. yeah Boston but describe it for us, though. Been switched off, but I'm sitting here in a U-shaped environment. I've got six computers, all with very specific tasks that, that they're doing. Um, you know, we, we've got one computer where we play pre-recorded uh, content. Uh, we've got a, uh, a, a computer where that's just hosting the presenters, another computer that's hosting the connect room. I got three other computers that are being used to monitor everything. Um, we've got two mixers. We've got a, a television switcher. So very much uh, this takes on the look and feel of putting out a television production. Mm-hmm. And this is just doing it all virtual. And I'll put this in a hybrid environment and, and you can just imagine, you know, the complexity of it. Uh, and we're really excited. Like really we're really jazzed up about doing hybrid uh, in Omaha and uh, you know, it's going to be bigger and better than anything you've seen us do so far. So we're going to have to hire octopi that can help us out. <laughs> yeah, Very, for sure. And well, and Tony, Rick, Larry, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thanks to all the ACV uh, media volunteers. Uh, when we turn in volunteer hours, Guys, you all may not realize it, but half the volunteer hours in our organization are generated by ACB Media. They work yeah. that hard to produce this day in and day out 
365 days a year, all year. I realize so, it now. Thank you so much. <laughs> I realize it. <laughs> Welcome to the 20, over 25,000 hours in 2020. So wow. we're counting 2021 Absolutely. still. So thank you all the volunteers. Absolutely amazing. So congratulations. Keep up the good work and please reach out and volunteer and help the ACB Media Network. Thank you all so much. Thank you. The rest of the convention. All right. Conference, I should say. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Boy, it's, I can't believe it. It's already 530 and we're time for our last panel. And I am so excited uh, to introduce the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. And really at this particular panel, I think is going to concentrate on individual members and how their fitness journey has changed their lives. It's uh, exciting for me to have with us today the facilitator for this panel, a um, uh, member of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, Connie Sims, uh, ACB Board of Director from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And then right just north of her is uh, Zelda Gephardt uh, from uh, BOP uh, Director from Edgeley, North Dakota. And then moving a little little more to the Midwest, uh, we have Carrie Goodman, first vice president mm-hmm. of ACB of Indiana from Mitchell, Indiana. And then finally, this is a person near and dear, dear to the Spoon family uh, household, is uh, Carol Moody, uh, who works out uh, and does an amazing job on her fitness journey. And Carol is a member of our ACB community, and she is from St. Louis, Missouri. So welcome, everybody. Let's. I, the, the title says, a group of ladies getting their move on. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear the stories. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> all right. Woo-hoo. Thanks, Dan. We are excited. Um, I think I have a wonderful panel. I mean, I wish we could talk all afternoon. We were joking earlier with you that you could talk all day. And I think this could be one of the panels that we could talk all day. It's, it's exciting. It's um, got a lot of good stuff. So uh, I am happy to have Zelda and Carrie and Carol, and they have such inspirational stories. So I just want to say that all of us, you know, each member have a story and we all have our own journeys and it's, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to have those stories and we want those stories. The Get Up and Get Moving campaign wants to hear those, those testimonies. And to start out with, I just want to say that we have a group page called ACB Get Up, Get Moving uh, on Facebook. So join us on that and share stories. So I want to start um, with Zelda. So thank you, Zelda, for coming. Um, we Thanks are enjoying the Yeah, I think you're actually in South Dakota today, maybe. Um, well, I or, was earlier today, but I'm back okay. at home right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I knew you were traveling to South Dakota. So, right. all right. You're, yeah. Um, so, you started out with um, the challenge to walking to Omaha. And want to tell us why you decided to do that challenge. Okay. Well, I'm going to back up to um, the 2021 convention. Um, okay. I always get inspired going to the ACB convention. Um, and this year was especially inspiring because of um, it coincided with the Summer Olympics. 
we got to see, you know, the, the kickoff of that. And then also, that's when the unveiling happened of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Yep. And with those three things, I call that the, the trifecta that got me going, um, I just decided, you know, I need to, I need to plan a personal goal. And personal goals aren't, aren't something that I've been really big at. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, and, and I've been an employee and, and a, you know, a volunteer in my community and, and with you know, all kinds of different groups. And so I'm, I'm not new to planning goals for them, but not just for me. And so um, here I am in rural North Dakota, um, out in the country, um, with no public transportation Station. and yeah, miles, no, no, miles. no, no sidewalks, no, no, no sidewalks, <laughs> no pedestrian signals, no, signals. none of that. No, I, I just have a gravel road that goes by my house and I'm miles away from a fitness center, you know? And so I thought, well, how can I, you know, I, I knew it's, the train has already passed. I'm not going to be an Olympian. So I knew I wasn't going there. <laughs> but I thought, you know, with the, with the convention being in Omaha next year, I'm going to just find out how far that is. And Siri told me it's, it's 453 miles from my house to Omaha. And I started my symbolic journey on Sunday, July 24th at 5.30 a.m., <laughs> Oh, my luck, good girl. <laughs> yeah. and, and I kept it under wraps for a while because I, you know, I'm kind of new at this goal setting thing and, and I wasn't sure that I could be successful. So I, for seven days, I just walked two miles every day and um, didn't even tell my husband what I was doing. Okay. And so the only one that knew in our household was our golden retriever, Buck. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was my faithful companion for those first seven days. Um, that's, that's when I decided um, I would reveal it to, to a larger group of people. Um, and I chose to do that because they tell me that when you're, when you're goal setting, that you can dream about something and you might achieve it 5% of the time. Um, You can document and, you know, you might achieve it 35% of the time. But if you set a deadline and you will probably, you have a much better chance of achieving it and that's 65% of the time. But if you tell others and they help keep you accountable, you're going to be successful 95% of the time. So I, on, on July 30th, I, I took the plunge and I made an announcement on the ACB leadership list that I was um, putting out this Walk to Omaha challenge. And I invited anybody to join me or to form their own goal. Um, something that maybe made more sense for them. And, um, but what I was going to do was walk to Omaha. And quite literally, I'm not walking to Omaha. I'm just walking the miles that it takes to get to Omaha. And from the beginning, I knew that, that I wasn't going to be walking during several of the months here in North Dakota. It's just not walking. Um, you, no, you know, it's not, it, it, 
it, it's, it's been a horribly cold winter for us. I mean, I think colder than usual sometimes. So, yeah. Right. And so lately I have been riding my stationary bike and I heard Cindy Hollis say the other day that she has gotten a stationary bike and she's been doing 30 minutes a day too. So um, there are several of us that are out there biking, maybe doing stairs, um, maybe doing an elliptical, whatever it is that you do, do what you do and set your goal. And I, I just challenge all of you to to get up and get moving in some capacity. So just one quick thing before we go on to our next one quick, but share how you are keeping track. I mean, it just kind of a, a quick summary because it's a sure. unique way how you're <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> keeping track. And I think this is a good idea. I think well, at, a, at first a, I, I started just, um, you know, marking it down on the calendar. Sometimes I'd forget, sometimes I would, you know, remember. And then I decided, and I'm going to just hold up here. You maybe can see, or maybe even hear. Um, we can hear it. Yeah. Those are, those are popcorn kernels in a little jelly mm. jar. And I counted out my 453 miles and I've got two jars. One has the miles that I've walked and the other one has the miles yet to go. And so each day I take great joy in taking kernels from the one and putting in the other. And then I have that, that um, reminder of, of um, what I have yet remainder to do. And thank you for having me today because this is another way of me putting it out there, um, telling others, you know, there may be a day and there have been days that I, that I haven't felt well. And I just didn't want to do it, but I'm going, oh, other people are counting on me doing this. So <laughs> you guys are holding me accountable and, and you're helping me to be successful at what I've set out to do here. Well, thanks, Jill, because it, it has, it, I know it has really inspired a lot of people. I mean, so we really commend you for doing that because it's really gotten things going and um, it's, it's great because more people we can challenge. And like you said, it's one thing. One person can do one thing and another person can't. So right. um, it's do what you way. can do. Do what you do can exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. So going, okay. going, into, going into that. So thank you. Um, You're welcome. Going into that one, let's go into Carol next. Um, so Carol, you have um, a different situation. Like Dan said, you are very special to their household. Um, and you have a very special um, history and what you can do. So you have some different um, serious health conditions. Would you mind kind of sharing what they are and why it really limits you on your activity? Sure. Well, among other things, I have a very severe arthritis. It's end stage in my knees. I have hypothyroidism, some heart valve leakage, asthma, but the most critical thing to me is I have a genetic um, lymphatic and fat disorder called lipedema. It is inherited. My mother had it, although we didn't realize what she had at the time. And her being sedentary really did not serve her well. And I could see that. Um, but when I was uh, preteen, uh, it caused me to uh, be less mobile caused me to gain weight and not be able to take it off at that time. Um, lipedema cannot be managed through diet or exercise. However, exercise can really help with, with maintenance. 
And something that's really come home to me is how important movement is just for one's overall health, not necessarily. A lot of people play a numbers game. They want to lose weight. They want to exercise, lose weight. Then they put it on and they maybe lose a little more weight. But um, it has really progressed in me to the point that once you become late stage, uh, then you get lymphedema as well. And this wasn't diagnosed in me until I was going through menopause, which is when it really accelerates. It's, it's hormonally activated and driven. And unfortunately, it's a condition that's not well diagnosed and treated in our country today. So it was very frustrating most of my life, not knowing what was wrong with me and why moving was so much harder for me than it seemed to be for most people that I knew. Uh, but I kept trying. I kept... Um, trying to work out, even though I had pain, I had fatigue, um, just, a, and, 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 you know, just an inability to move because uh, it grows between the muscles and causes uh, some inability of the muscles to really function properly. In fact, I can remember one point I got to a point where I literally couldn't get up off the couch. And I knew it wasn't just my arthritic knees because I pushed and pushed and pushed and I couldn't get up without help. Um, so I've almost wound up in a wheelchair twice. I also needed to have a spinal surgery where I had four herniated discs and um, uh, just a whole issue of things with my spine with stenosis. And I, I got through that. The surgery was rough. The recovery was rough. But uh, I joined the Y and did a lot of aquatics classes and really got myself better from that. Um, and then my lipedema progressed. I have been an itinerant rehabilitation teacher for the blind for the state of Missouri. And uh, my, my mobility issues became so severe, um, along with the fatigue and everything, that unfortunately I had to stop working early. I had to go on long-term disability from my job, which I really didn't want to have to do. But at that point, um, I was progressed to the point that I finally had to go see the one and only specialist in the country who really treats a condition non-surgically. And she said, you're full body and, you know, you could be bedridden with this condition. So that was quite a wake up call to me. And um, they wanted me to consider bariatric surgery, which I considered, but I did not want to go there. I didn't set right with me, especially since I knew that it wouldn't get rid of the lipedema. It could only get rid of some of the the regular fat. And so I decided that I was going to do everything humanly possible uh, in terms of lifestyle to try to control this disease. So one thing we found out is that for women with this condition, embarking on the ketogenic diet was about the only way we could lose any of the weight, not the lipedema fat, but otherwise so I did that and I lost 118 pounds, which did enable me to move some better, even though it's not what I would like it to be. And so I found out that self-care is really, you know, it's kind of a full-time job, but that's really where it's at for me. And movement is a big, big part of that. Uh, I can tell you a lot of days I don't feel like it at all, but I know how important it is. I know that it is. it's keeping me functioning. It's... um. I'm doing a number of things. Uh, it's been a godsend having ACB uh, community classes with Leslie. With well, my favorite is the chair yoga, the stretching, and moving my lymphatic system. That really helps. 
Um, I also do the, um, the weights, the uh, resistance training, and the happy hour cardio. And I do a vibration plate. And our Lipedema Tribe community also does some videos where we do st uh, eccentric stretching with uh, Miranda Esmond White. So I, I'm, I'm very limited. I have to sit to exercise except getting on my vibration plate. My husband has to help me on and off of that. But what I found is that it's so important to be able to adapt what you do and do all you can within those parameters. And since I was told I could be bedridden, uh, I'm not bedridden. <laughs> I'm not in a wheelchair. I yeah, am you're, you're, her, yeah you're doing great. <laughs> I, I'm afraid that I would have gone the way of a lot of people during this pandemic. You know, I didn't, I didn't gain weight. In fact, I lost just a little bit, but I've kept moving and I intend to try to keep moving forward. You're doing awesome, you know, and, and it's great because, you know, you can do the exercises, especially with Leslie. I know I've done some of her classes, but you can, you can adjust what you can do. I mean, I have some permanent disability also um, from a car accident. And, you know, there's things that I can't do any longer that I used to be able to do. So it's, it's nice, though, isn't it, that you can adjust and still move and still be active. When it's you... great to be able to find alternative ways of being able to doing things. And I have that kind of mindset being a rehab teacher anyway. And I'm glad these classes are during the daytime because I have to spend four and a half hours a day on my lymphatic pump. And I have to wear full body medical grade compression, which actually it makes exercise harder through that compression on top of the condition. But uh, being able to do it during the daytime usually at a time of day where I've really hit a slump, I've really uh, gotten fatigued, but the exercise, even though it's hard, kind of rejuvenates me. Great. You know, and I, I totally understand because I have to wear um, compression socks from blood clots that almost took my life. So that yeah, yeah. I um, appreciate it. So um, thank you for being here and sharing your story. I know there's more to it, but um Let's go on to Carrie. It's, so Carrie has some inspirational stories, personal, um, and how she got into being healthy back, I believe, in 2020 is kind of where you kind of started mm -hmm. your journey. Yeah. But then I wanted you to talk about that, but then how you brought it into the affiliate and what you're doing with the Indiana, I think is awesome because we want to get the affiliates involved. And I think it's awesome how you've gotten Indiana's affiliate going. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So like you said, um, it was October of 2020. Um, I'll be honest, I struggled with my weight my entire life. I have yo-yo dieted, yo-yo exercised, lost, gained. Um, it's just kind of been my lifelong pattern. In October 2020, I had reached my highest weight. Um, I was at 453 pounds and I was very unhappy because I physically could not do the things that I wanted to do. And that was um, a motivation for me to, to make some changes and to make some changes that I could continue doing forever. So I, I kind of started a healthy living journey. Um, I am down 150 pounds so far. So I'm a little over halfway where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um <laughs> Probably just about in the last three months, I really added um, movement and exercise. And I, I call it, I honor my body with movement because I feel like that's a way that I'm, I'm honoring my body by moving it. And um, 
I've noticed that the more I get up and I move, the better I feel, the, the better mood that I am in. And I had kind of been sharing parts of my journey on my personal Facebook page. And I had been following the ACB Get Up and Get Moving page. And um, the Indiana affiliate had, had talked about a little bit the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. And we had tossed around the idea of trying to do something a little smaller scale and local where we could hold each other accountable and inspire each other. And so um, I had created a Facebook page that is just for Indiana for Get Up and Get Moving. So it's a smaller scale group. One of the reasons that we decided to do a smaller scale group was just so that we could be a little bit more vulnerable. We know each other a little bit more so we can share a little bit more that personal intimate information that maybe you don't want everybody to know about your journey. Um, I was excited to see so many people join the page and started sharing how they were honoring their body with movement every day um, or sometimes when they just didn't feel like doing it or other things that they were struggling with, not just exercise, but other things about living a healthy life. And um, each month I try to put out like my personal goals kind of like Zelda was talking about. Um, we have those goals, but when we share them with others, it, it holds us a little more accountable to, to reaching those goals. So um, try to put those out and invite other people to, to do some goal setting every month on what they want to do and what they want to accomplish in, in the way of getting up and getting moving. And then another facet of that is um, we are going to start a monthly ACBI get up and get moving call. Um, on Zoom, just, you know, an informal time to get together, to talk, to share victories, to share struggles, to, you know, kind of motivate and inspire each other because not all of us are on a weight loss journey. Not all of us are on, you know, a, a fitness journey, but we all want to be healthy and we all want to, to be able to move our bodies. And so to be able to encourage each other and share what we're doing because sometimes somebody will post something and it'll be like, oh, well, that's an idea. Maybe I could try that and things that we don't think of. So the, the page has been a, a great inspiration and accountability for myself and, and I hope for others. And I'm really excited. We have our first call in April. So that'll be something new that we're going to try as well, just to have our own, our own little time to get on and encourage each other and share our stories. I think that's awesome, you know, so I'd love to have you, you know, give us feedback, you know, how you guys are doing, you know, mm -hmm. because that's what we, that's what we're looking for, because this is what's working for Indiana, you know, so maybe that would work for North Dakota or Missouri, mm -hmm. or maybe something else would work for them, but you guys found what works for you guys, and that's kind of what we're looking for is each state, each affiliate, each chapter is so individual, so and each have their own stories. So we, we don't know what is going to work for each other until you guys know each other on the local level. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's more intimate. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's much easier to share and help. And that buddy system, that goal yeah. setting, it's, it's inspirational. I mean, I, I see Carrie's posts or I see, you know, Zelda's or, you know, Carol, you know, Carol's or anyone's that, and it's, it's inspiring for me because as much as I've always been into health and wellness, I, I still get discouraged sometimes. So it's nice to be able to see those inspirational stories and journeys and goals because it inspires. It's motivating to be contagious, can't it? 
It, it can. can. It, and, and Connie, I just want to add that, um, you know, even though I'm, I'm out here walking on my gravel road and, <laughs> and, and my walking partners are my, <laughs> are my husband and my dog, uh, we do have some traffic on the road. And, and so my community has seen, ah, that couple's out walking. You know, that's a good thing. And that might be inspiring to some of them to do the mm-hmm. same. Um, I also um, belong to a community group and I will be the hostess for that in, in April. And I plan to share my, um, my goal with, with all the ladies that are in that group. And um, we're all in similar age categories. And, and I, I think it might be helpful to them, you know, as, as we start to thaw out here in the great north, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm sure that they will all, you know, have a renewed interest in in moving more and doing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, and I, um, I, I've kind of seen the same thing as, you know, what Zelda said is I've had ladies at my church. They're like, well, you're posting that you're working out. Do you want to work out together? And so it, it, it's going beyond ACB, which I right. think is amazing because you know, this movement is inspiring people that aren't blind or visually impaired to start honoring their body with movement as well. And I just, I love that about that because we're not, it's not just our community. Now people are seeing us and we're inspiring and motivating other people to start on a healthy journey. And I I love that part of it. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, and I just want to say that um, Carol shared a YouTube video that she did um, for another company. And, but she mentioned ACB and she mentioned Leslie's classes and, you know, it's, it was a tribute, um, Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with ACB, but she recognized and how all of this has been helping her. So I I just want to say thank you to all of you guys. I know we're running out of time and, but it it is, is it's so inspiring to help and talk and, I know we could keep talking more and uh, I would love to. So, you know, and what we talked about is, you know, we want to talk, we want to do activities with affiliates and chapters, you know, if it's getting up and doing stuff. I mean, I sit here during the conference and um, Dan will probably understand this because Leslie does this all the time too, but we stretch. I mean, I've been sitting here in my chair and stretching and stuff and, (laughs) and tapping my toes or, you know, moving my, my, you know, my toes and my feet and my fingers. So, I mean, I get up and move. And when we did Marilyn, Leslie and I did, and Tony, you know, we, we taught them some stretches just to do that. You don't have to stand and you can sit. So like, you know, during the conference, we can sit and stretch and do things while you're just listening, but um, we're at your desk working, but it's just a matter, you know, and I want to just say that the CDC guidelines state it's 30 minutes five days a week, which turns out to be 2.5 hours a week. So you're 30 days per day, 30 minutes per day, you know, in a week, you can only have to do two and a half hours. And that's not very much, Hmm. but, you know, and that's just to increase your heart rate. So um, any type of movement is great. We just want that, but we're here to get up and get moving. We want to, you know, we want to work with each other. We want to inspire each other. We want to work with affiliates, chapters, individuals. Um, and it's just, it's a huge family. It's a huge community. So I just want to thank the three of you guys, because you guys are inspirations. Um, and we all have stories and we, we want to hear those testimonies. So um, Dan, do you have any thoughts or comments for these ladies? 
Oh, first of all, I just want to say it's absolutely so inspiring, and you guys are, are spot on. During the breakout sessions, Leslie said, let's go for a get-up-and-get-moving walk, <laughs> and we took 45 minutes and walked around the neighborhood while we were listening to the breakout sessions. So uh, having a buddy to inspire you is exactly true, and you all have been truly, truly inspirational. I have a little tear in my eye as I was listening to the <laughs> stories, I'm telling you, and I, I know there's no one to respond beside you all, but I got to say, hip, hip, hooray. 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 This oh. is as, awesome. As, it, as it's the, you know, get up and get moving campaign says, whoo-hoo, you know, I'm yeah. not, you know, I might do that, but we need Terry to do that, you know. But yeah. so. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much for your stories. Uh, it's great to hear them. It's going to be recorded. It'll be turned into a podcast and, uh, you know. Thumbs up. Wait, great job to each of you and keep up the good work and uh, keep on walking to Omaha. We'll see you before we know it. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Have Thanks. a good bye evening. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That was just absolutely fantastic. What a great way to end our president's meetings as part of the DC Leadership Conference. I want to thank all of our staff and volunteers for all their hard work over the last two days. And I want to remind everybody that coming up this evening that we'll have the Spanish language wrap-up show with Gabriel Lopez Cafati and Swatha Nanda Kumar uh, from 6 to 6.30. And then after that, at 7.30 tonight, we'll have our fireside chat. Where we're going to get to meet a group of individuals who have become the presidents and CEOs of their organizations as blind and low-vision individuals. What did they do to get to the top? And what are their secrets? How can we learn from them? And how can we get more of our community to that level inside of our uh, different organizations? So please stay tuned for that at 7.30 this evening on these same ACB Media 6 channel. Uh, we will have uh, Cindy Watson from Lighthouse San Antonio. Uh, we will have Kirk Adams, uh, the CEO of American Foundation for the Blind. We'll have uh, Eric Bridges, our own executive director from ACB, American Council of the Blind. And we will have um, uh, Ken uh, Fernault. Uh, he's from AVRE uh, in uh, upstate New York, in Bingham, Bingham, Binghamton, New York. So we're looking forward to hearing all of those stories and hope you all will join us this evening. Again, go listen to Gabe and to Swatha, and we will talk to you at 7.30 tonight with the Fireside Chat. And then Clark Rackful and Swatha Nanda Kumar will see you tomorrow for the two-day legislative seminar. Thank you all. Ahora, a veces, Swatha, tú sabes que yo... Creo que comentábamos cuando conversamos tú y yo el viernes, antes de empezar con, con estas llamadas, cuando estábamos coordinando, que a veces eh, estábamos un poquito como quizás temerosos de que no íbamos a tener suficiente información que compartir en media hora y que si deberíamos abrir la llamada a preguntas. Pero yo creo que en la forma como están desarrollándose estas reuniones, creo que media hora más bien nos queda corta para todo lo que quisiéramos compartir. Sí, um, 
hoy tu, tuvimos um, mucha y um, una, una um, charla con uh, Eric Bridges y sí. nuestra ejec director, director ejec ejecutivo y sí. um, Cindy y Kobe uh, para que... Uh -huh. sí. sí, como tú mencionas, hasta Cindy y Kobe eh, están... Eh, dándonos esta, lo que llaman Community Connect, que es básicamente una conexión con la comunidad, como hablábamos ayer. La comunidad es uh, algo que está tomando mucha fuerza en ACB y la comunidad somos todos. La comunidad somos todos nosotros y nuestros amigos y amigas y uh, esperamos futuros miembros de ACB. Y en cada una de esas eh, llamadas o, o programas de conexión de la comunidad, Cindy y Colby están eh, ilustrando, uh, como tú dijiste, esta mañana o, o esta tarde empezamos con una entrevista que le estaban haciendo a Eric Bridges, nuestro director ejecutivo, uh, estuvo muy divertida, hablaron de trabajo, hablaron de cosas personales, hablaron de uno de mis temas favoritos que comparto con Eric, que es... <ríe> lo que llaman en inglés el flourless chocolate cake, el pastel de chocolate sin, sin harina. Oh, me encanta. Me encanta también. Sí. Me encantan los uh, pasteles en general. A mí también. Somos, somos culpables de, de, la, de la misma debilidad. Me encantan los, los pasteles. Soy un fanático de los postres. Sí, sí. Um, y... Ellos, ellos uh, hablan también um, cómo la comunidad es una um, lifeline o es muy, es muy es, um, para, uh, es una amistad um, y es uh -huh. una, um, sí, una conexión muy, muy, muy auténtica y uh, Dan um, uh -huh. también uh, hablar uh, sobre eso. Sí. Sí, es, es una conexión que, que para muchos de nosotros ha sido una tabla de salvación, como tú lo dijiste, Suata, en, en, en estos dos años de, de pandemia y de, y de estar aislados de, del contacto con, con amigos, amigas, familia. Eh, la comunidad ha sido definitivamente un, una tabla de salvación. Sí, y uh, entonces... Uh... Nosotros tenemos um, Lee Nasuhi y Eric sí. y uh, Dan, Dan, um, y Dan para hablar sobre um, el VTO o el, el EOS. Sí. sí, sí. Sí, Lee Nasuhi es una de, como hablamos ayer, Suaza, eh, si recordarán a nuestras personas que nos están escuchando, eh, como mencionábamos, el el ACB cuenta con un equipo fenomenal en todos los aspectos, pero eh, estamos hablando del aspecto de, de la junta de consejeros y parte de esa junta de consejeros es Linasig y con quienes uh, Dan, nuestro presidente Dan Spoon y Eric Bridges, nuestro director ejecutivo, tuvieron una entrevista el día de hoy hablando, como tú dijiste, eh, voy a traducir al español las siglas que mencionaba, básicamente hablando de lo que es el plan estratégico para ACB para los uh -huh. próximos cinco años, lo cual es sumamente importante porque para resumir, eh, se habló 
de, los, de lo que llamamos en ACB los core values, los valores que definen nuestra organización como honestidad, trabajo, flexibilidad, colaboración, eh, colaboración integridad. Eh, pero también hablaron de, de data, la data que es tan importante, la colección de data, como ACB está empezando un esfuerzo uh, mayor por, cole, por eh, colectar toda la data de, de, de la membresía, saber eh, un poco más de cada uno, de, 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 la, de cómo es la composición de la membresía de ACB. Eh, creo que también se habló, Suaza, del, de lo que es el plan de crecimiento de miembros Creo que sí, tenemos sí. un plan bastante agresivo de, de, creo que, duplicar el número de miembros de aquí al 2025. Sí, um, en uh, cinco años um, tenemos que um, tener uh, más de 20 cientos, uh -huh. no, 20 mil. 20 mil, sí, 20 mil. <ríe> miembros uh, y... Uh -huh. um, más de 100 uh, mil uh, conexiones a la mm. comunidad. Sí, sí, eso me gustó mucho, lo de tener 100 mil conexiones con la comunidad. Y, sí, y una, una um, gran um, staff o equipo. En, sí, sí. Uh -huh. un equipo sólido. Eh, y aparte de eso también eh, el proyecto y el, el plan estratégico a cinco años eh, involucra también un crecimiento financiero para la organización en el cual eh, ACB tiene un fondo de crecimiento de creo que mencionaron 1.8 millones y creo que el, el plan para cinco años es de elevarlo a 4 millones de dólares. Sí, y... Um... Luego tenemos um, los breakouts o los... No, sí, sí, sí. Me... Yo probablemente olvido una o dos reuniones. Bueno, aquí, aquí, no, aquí colaboramos para hacer, hacer honor de uno de los valores de ACB, colaboración. No te preocupes. Que lo que se me olvide a mí, tú me recuerdas y lo que se te olvida a ti, yo te recuerdo. <risa> y um, sí y tenemos uh, tres tres uh, breakouts um, uh -huh. tres sesiones concurrentes sí. ¿Cuál, cuál fue tu favorita o cuál bueno no no quiero decir favorita porque la verdad que las tres estuvieron <risa> eh, fenomenales todos están interesantes sí, interesante, sí. sí, sí um, interesante. uh, me uh, um, yo fue a uh, la sesión um, con los líderes, uh, uh -huh. men menos uh, 40, 45 años, um, uh -huh. sí, y me, uh, me encanta mucho, sí. Sí, sí Y tú es... también, uh, sí, sí. Sí, yo también, bueno, estuve escuchando un poco de cada una, um, igual como te mencionaba ayer, igual eh, como compartí aquí con todos en ACB Media y en YouTube y en Facebook Live, eh, Antonio y yo nos dividimos el trabajo de escuchar por lo menos a cada una de las sesiones eh, y luego nos like, como rotar y entonces tratamos de escuchar las tres o un poco de las tres y luego comentamos acerca de, de lo que cada quien escuchó. Eh, yo también estuve escuchando uh, la reunión con um, 
la, uno de los más nuevos afiliados de ACB, que es Next Generation, Next Gen, sí. eh, significa la próxima generación. Y eh, como tú dices, fue, lo, nos llena de mucha energía saber eh, el nuevo talento que está entrando a la organización y la energía como las personas menores de 45 años, de las cuales yo formo parte de ese grupo. Sí, y uh, ellos um, habla, hablan sobre um, sus, 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 sus experiencias uh, como, um, ser li, como ser líderes en um, ACB y um, los, los barreras, así, uh, barriers, um, uh, manejar su equipo o su mm -hmm. afiliado y, y uh, es um, enlightening, uh, no sé cómo se dice. Sí, muy, muy ilustrativo. Ah, sí, sí, digo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y, um, sí. Mm -hmm. Perdón, sí. Y, uh, no, no, perdón, uh, go ahead. No, te iba a preguntar qué otro, que, que esa fue el único sesión que, que, que escuchaste o tuviste chance de escuchar alguna otra? Uh, es el único para mí porque uh, no um, puedo um, escuchar a uh, dos o tres en sí, el <ríe> sí, mismo brazo. ¿Y tú? Uh, bueno, no. sé que también se habló en una de las sesiones acerca de cómo fortalecer eh, lo, el, los afiliados de interés especial y en qué consisten los afiliados de interés especial. Eh, creo que en una de ellas estuvo participando uh, uno de nuestros um, eh, miembros de la junta directiva, Jeff Tom, um, que es básicamente, me pareció muy interesante porque en las sesiones concurrentes se habló de, por una parte de la nueva generación y por otra parte del uh, afiliado que, que preside Jeff Tom que sí. es, que es uh, para las personas que están eh, en una edad más avanzada. Y sí, como no, 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 no. Y pierden su visión. Sí. Uh -huh. Entonces es, es, es otra forma en la cual creo que ACB está ilustrando y, y poniendo en acción el plan de ser inclusivos, no solo en cuanto a culturas, etnias, razas, discapacidades, pero también edades. Eh, tú sabes, tenemos grupo que representa la nueva generación y grupo que representa la generación que está entrando sí. un poco más en, en años. Sí, es un um, contraste. Uh, uh -huh. sí. Contraste. Okay. Sí, sí, sí. No, un, un buen contraste. Contraste, ok, contraste. Sí, sí, no, pero fue, no, tú lo diste bien, perfecto, pero te decía que, es, que, es un buen, que fue un buen contraste eh, ilustrar o, o, o mostrar las dos, las do, los dos grupos de edades. Uh -huh. sí. sí. Y uh, en tercera uh, sesión um, uh -huh. fue uh, la audio que fue um, sí. que es nuevo en la audiodescripción uh -huh. y. Um, en uh, en esa sesión um, si, the, la red de, se llama CBS o sí. Paramount sí uh, Paramount Global um, tienen tiene una um, announcement no, sí, sí un anuncio 
Sí. Um, uh, no, anunció um, que um, va a ofrecer um, audiodescripción en um, todo lo prime time uh -huh. yeah, program, program. En todos los programas de, de, de la hora, eh, la, lo que llaman las horas pico, los, los, los horarios más populares de transmisión. Sí, y es muy único porque um, la, uh, los, los, los leyes um, ahora dicen que um, los, los redes pueden ofrecer um, una o dos horas en un día, día um, uh -huh. una descripción y es muy, um, uh, sí, es, um, uh -huh. es nueva y um, es, um, muy, es un Kind of grand no sé, sí, español. sí, es, es nuevo y, y como tú lo dices, es, es, un, es un proyecto grande que ellos, sí. están, que ellos están adoptando. Sabes, hasta que en el mismo tema de, de audiodescripción, eh, yo quería hablar un poco, ya que estamos en este programa dirigido para nuestros eh, miembros y amistades de habla hispana, quería mencionar que ACB... Está, nosotros estamos trabajando en colaboración con una organización que se llama DICAPTA, que DICAPTA es la organización líder en este momento en audiodescripción en español. Y eh, quisiera aprovechar que muchas personas de habla hispana nos están escuchando para invitarlos a que busquen eh, un grupo de Facebook que DICAPTA ha fundado que se llama Latinos for Access. Y en ese grupo se tocan muchos temas uh, acerca de la comunidad hispana eh, con ceguera y baja visión. Y aparte de eso también uh, ellos organizan un, lo que llaman Watch Party, una, una reunión para ver una película o un film eh, en español con audiodescripción que sucede el último viernes de cada mes. Así que eh, audiodescripción en español también está tomando bastante fuerza y ACB está formando parte bastante protagónica. Como siempre, un, siguiendo un liderazgo en lo que es audiodescripción, eh, tenemos mucha gente talentosa en ACB con, eh, con, el, con el proyecto de audiodescripción, empezando por el doctor Joe Snyder, quien casualmente mm -hmm. me enteré también que su libro, eh, que es como la enciclopedia de audiodescripción, que ha sido traducido a varios idiomas, Está disponible en español, eh, su libro que se llama The, Verbal Made, The, The Visual Made Verbal, perdón. El arte de lo visual convertido a, a verbal eh, está en español y aparte de eso tenemos también a personas con mucho talento y mucha dedicación que trabajan en ACB um, como Jolene Bailey Page y el comité de audiodescripción que está dirigido por nuestra presidenta inmediata Kim Charlson y nuestro buen amigo... Yeah, no, okay. Sí, no, no, dilo, Carl. Yeah, Carlson, yeah, sí. Um, nos, uh, nosotros um, en el equipo uh, tienen una... Um, tenemos una broma que Clark está Carl. So. Oh, ok, sí. Sorry. Sí, porque se parecen los nombres, Clark y Carl. Sí, sí. Uh, y um, nosotros con... Es una broma que nosotros confundimos a Clark y Carl uh, uh -huh. um, a, a veces. Y um, quiero mencionar um, que um, el Red en México uh, fue un ganador um, de una um, award 
in Alfetion in in nuestras nuestro programa en noviembre en el 2021. Sí, sí, en en el en la gala que que, que ACB también la primer gala de audio descripción sí mm. fue 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 algo también como siempre ACB tomando el liderazgo y siendo pioneros en, en hacer algo siempre por primera vez mm, sí luego Suaza tuvimos uno de mis temas eh, favoritos <ríe> por una de mis personas más queridas, bueno, no quiero decir eso porque no quiero decir que no es que quiera a toda mi comunidad, yo amo a toda mi comunidad de ACB pero yo tengo una relación muy cercana y muy especial con Janet Deckelman Sí, y, una, una sí, una sí, sí, sí. y Janet nos uh, hizo un desglose de todo lo que es eh, la convención eh, Dan nos habló de que el primero de abril habrá una reunión de junta directiva muy importante mm, para sí. definir el, el, el básicamente establecer en una forma definitiva el concepto que va a seguir o el formato que va a seguir nuestra convención porque ya es un hecho que va a ser un formato híbrido pero siempre hay muchas consideraciones que ACB está tomando um, en cuenta en cuanto a la salud y el bienestar uh -huh. de todos los que atenderemos en Omaha. Entonces, el primero de abril es una reunión para evaluar la situación en, con respecto a la pandemia y al, al estado de, de, la, de la salud para garantizar que, que se tomaran todas las medidas y las decisiones adecuadas para que todos podamos tener una convención segura y con bienestar para todos. Sí, y um, si tenemos una um, convención híbrida, um, Janet um, nos, uh, nos dice um, como uh, el tours. Oh. Oh, sí. <ríe> sí, van a haber tours que siempre son un atractivo muy grande en mm -hmm. cada convención. Eh, también algo nuevo que Janet mencionó, que este año la convención... Eh, tendrá un componente eh, únicamente virtual que será entre la semana antes de la convención que será eh, empezará como, como como dicen con un bang cuando empieza con con la eh, con la subasta que es típica de ACB eh, que la lidera Leslie Spoon que es la primera dama de ACB y este año la, la subasta se hará eh, virtual y es a mí me fascina a veces compro algunas cosas, pero a veces no puedo competir porque la gente eh, eh, compite bastante en esas subastas, pero hay, siempre hay eh, artículos que se someten a subasta que son muy buenos. Yo quisiera comprar la mayoría, pero a veces no puedo, pero sí. Y muchas cosas deliciosas, <ríe> hablando de postres. Sí, postres y sí, la comida... Uh, sí, sí uh, me, me encanta um, la idea de una um, cena multiética multi en Omaha. Uh -huh. y quiero, uh, uh, sí, sí, um, y sí yo necesito asistir, asistir a eso. A mí también eso me llama la atención siempre de visitar un lugar, sobre todo si es un lugar que no he visitado antes, es buscar algo típico del lugar. 
Sí. Sí. Entonces tenemos las tres días que serán eh, virtual para cualquier eh, afiliado, muchos afi de nuestros afiliados, para quienes no saben, eh, tienen un requerimiento de que ciertas decisiones o ciertas votaciones deben hacerse dentro de la convención. Entonces esos tres días virtuales van a ser considerados parte de la convención para que mientras estemos en Omaha el tiempo sea utilizado de la forma más eficiente posible, sobre todo con la disponibilidad de los que llaman cuartos híbridos, porque vamos a tener los espacios de, de reunión eh, o meeting rooms que algunos van a estar equipados con todo, eh, video, audio, transmisión por ACB Media y obviamente participación en vivo de las personas que estén en Omaha. Entonces esos cuartos obviamente son un, bastante caros de, de, de montar, entonces no hay... Eh, no son todos los cuartos de, de reuniones que van a tener toda esa capacidad. Entonces, para que podamos maximizar el uso de esos cuartos, eh, está, ACB está poniendo a disponibilidad esos tres días virtuales y luego durante la convención eh, solamente tendremos los eventos que son más, no quiero decir importantes, porque todo es importante, los eventos que, que ameritan mayor, que necesitan mayor alcance, ya sea porque las personas que van a participar como parte del panel son de otras partes del mundo o de otras partes de Estados Unidos que no pueden viajar por trabajo o por otros compromisos. Entonces, en esos casos se está maximizando el uso de, de los cuartos híbridos durante la convención en Omaha. Pero fue sí. un reporte excelente. A mí siempre me encanta escuchar acerca de convención porque a mí me encanta. La convención es uno de mis tiempos favoritos del año y, bueno, me encanta escuchar a Janet en general. <risa> También. Uh, Um, este año Omaha fue, or, um, va a ser mi primer uh, convención en, 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 oh. uh, en vivo. Yo siempre le digo a todo el mundo, Suaza, y para los que nos escuchan, las convenciones son un momento que te cambian la vida, porque es un momento en el cual eh, nosotros dejamos de ser minoría y nos convertimos en mayoría. Entonces es como una cápsula en el tiempo y en la geografía en el cual eh, la comunidad de personas ciegas y baja visión nos convertimos en eh, la mayoría. Somos básicamente los, los dueños <ríe> del lugar, del, del venue, tú sabes. Entonces, entonces no nos sentimos como la minoría, nos sentimos como la mayoría. Así que es, es un momento. Yo invito a las personas que no han asistido a una convención que lo consideren. Y como mencionábamos ayer, con varios programas que tiene ACB, como el DKM y el JP Morgan, son oportunidades de atender, de asistir, perdón, a una convención en una forma eh, costeada por ACB. Eh, pero obvio, hay que aplicar y hay que tener la, la, las calificaciones o los requerimientos que, que, que se piden para cada, para cada uno de esos premios. Sí, y um, Ken Simeon es uh -huh. um, nuestra, es el um, líder en este com uh -huh. comité y sí. uh, es um, el point of contact uh -huh. para um, las uh, DKM First Timer Award. Um, sí. Sí, sí. sí, y él siempre está dispuesto a compartir su teléfono y apoyar a todas las personas con información y ayudarles durante el proceso. Así que eh, visiten nuestra página acb.org, acb.org y busquen la información acerca de DKM y JP Morgan y ahí encontrarán cómo contactar a Kenneth Simeon. 
y él eh, los puede ayudar y orientar en cómo aplicar. Sí. Luego, Suaza, terminamos creo que el día, si, no, si se me olvida algo, recuérdame, por favor, pero creo que terminamos el día en algo que es una campaña fenomenal, es una campaña que está siendo muy, muy, muy... Eh, eh, imagínate, ya se me está olvidando el español. Quiero decir suceso, muy exitosa. Sí, <risa> eh, ah, que, muy positivo, sí. Sí, que es Get Up, Get Moving. Eh, porque aún antes de la pandemia eh, se identificó, ACB ha identificado que nuestra comunidad, las personas eh, que somos ciegas o baja visión, tendemos a no, 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 ten, no tener el suficiente la suficiente actividad física, el suficiente ejercicio para mantenernos saludables. Sí, y, los, y, en, mucho, y en muchos casos, casos um, las máquinas de ejercicio o uh -huh. fitness o... Um, sí, uh, no hay... Es accesible uh, para los ciegos y... O, o son ciegos o de baja visión, o personas de baja visión. Uh -huh. Sí, justo como lo que hablábamos ayer de las pantallas táctiles, eh, que no hay accesibilidad, eh, también esto, y por eso um, es eh, que eh, ACB está llevando por segundo año el imperativo legislativo que queremos que esto sea una ley federal en el cual se exija que las compañías que manufacturan equipos de ejercicio y los centros donde se proveen eh, servicios de ejercicio físico como gimnasios, spas, eh, consideren accesibilidad para las personas que somos ciegas o tenemos baja visión para que nosotros también podamos formar parte de la comunidad que tiene igualdad al momento de acceder a equipos de ejercicio físico y de fitness, como tú mencionabas, y en apoyo de esa campaña tan grande que ACB está lanzando, que se llama Get Up, Get Moving, que es, eh, básicamente significa levántate y ponte en movimiento. <ríe> y me encanta el nombre porque es uh, una invitación y es como un challenge. En español también eh, la palabra challenge se ha, se ha adoptado para, para significar lo mismo. Um, eh, un reto, pero en español también se usa challenge últimamente y, y es un reto a la comunidad para que, para que nos levantemos y nos pongamos en movimiento y, y recuperemos la salud y el bienestar que de repente hemos perdido ya sea por la pandemia o por como tú mencionabas o hasta la falta de accesibilidad de equipos de hacer ejercicio o de gimnasios entonces eh, Estamos haciendo este, este esfuerzo en el cual escuchamos la participación de personas que lideran este, este movimiento. Um, Connie Sims, que es parte de la junta directiva. Zelda Gibhart, que es parte de también el... el, el la, ¿Presidente de North Dakota? De las, sí, del North Dakota. Y también está, eh, es, es miembro de la Junta de Publicaciones, ¿no? Del BOP. Ah, oh, sí, sí, sí. Sí. Yo sé que eh, Terry Suárez y Leslie Spoon también están involucradas en todo lo que es Get Up, Get Moving. 
Leslie um, tiene una certificación, eh, ella es una instructora de yoga y ejercicio. Eh, entonces es, una, es un grupo muy, muy dinámico que está, sí, que está moviendo esta campaña. Tom Tobin también, que tiene mucha relación con, con la comunidad, eh, uno de los afiliados de interés especial de ACB, que es la comunidad de personas con diabetes. Eh, que son una comunidad que se ve muy afectada también porque es una comunidad que depende mucho del de poder hacer ejercicio para mantenerse saludables y mantener sus niveles de azúcar controlados. Sí, um, y Zelda tiene una um, reta a sí. cambiar. Um, sí, a Omaha, <risa> este donde vives. Yo la primera vez que vi eso en, en, en la lista, Suaza, en el, en el email, eh, que, que compartimos yo dije wow y incluso yo chequeé el mapa y dije será que North Dakota está tan cerca de Omaha pero luego entendí que el, que el reto que, que Zelda está eh, ofreciéndonos es que ella midió lo, el número de millas que hay entre North Dakota en la ciudad donde ella vive en Sioux Falls creo que es y, y Omaha y entonces midió el número de millas que hay, entonces ella se comprometió a caminar ese número de millas entre eh, el momento que lo propuso, que fue el año pasado, y el momento de llegada a la convención, que es el primero de julio. Y mucha gente ha seguido el reto de caminar el número de millas, pero imagínate, yo no sé si yo, me, yo, no, yo no me apunté al reto, porque imagínate si yo trato de caminar el número de millas que hay entre Miami <ríe> y Omaha, Miami es, muy lejos. La punta de, 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 todo el, de todo el país estadounidense. Sí, es, es muy lejos. Y uh, Alexandria también. Uh, sí. sí. Me lo sé, amojado. No puedo. Pero bueno, lo importante es que, hagamos, que sigamos el reto y que hagamos, nos acerquemos lo más posible eh, en, en número de pasos y de mías a OMA. Sí, um, sí. Uh, pienso que es el fin uh, de... Oh, um, tenemos un fireside chat con uh, Eric. Sí. Y, uh, los uh, directores ejecutivo, ejecutivos de los... Um, organizaciones que sirven a um, los ciegos y las personas con baja visión. Y sí. uh, los uh, directores tienen, tam, también, uh, tienen, también están um, uh, ciegos o con baja visión. Sí, es correcto. Sí, ese, ese es una... Eh, en inglés se llama Fireside Chat, eh, que, eh, la traducción literal... Para, para todos los que nos escuchan, la traducción literal es eh, básicamente una conversación al lado de una chimenea. <risa> eh, entonces, eso es lo que nos quiere dar a entender, como explicábamos ayer, es que es una, que es una charla, una conversación uh, un poco más informal. No es, no, es un, no es una reunión formal, es una charla más como una conversación de lo que es... Uh, lo que piensan eh, los líderes de la comunidad de personas ciegas con baja visión, como tú dijiste, Suata, son líderes como Dan Spoon, que es nuestro presidente, Eric Bridges, que es nuestro director ejecutivo, y otras personas como Kirk Adams, que es el presidente y director ejecutivo del American Foundation for the Blind, 
creo que también estará el director ejecutivo del Lighthouse de la ciudad de San Antonio, Cindy Texas. Cindy Watson. Uh -huh. la, la directora ejecutiva, perdón. Sí, y personas que son, que, que, que son líderes en la comunidad y entonces van a tener una conversación. Siempre de esas conversaciones salen muchas iniciativas, salen eh, intercambio de opiniones, intercambio de ideas y colaboraciones, que es lo más importante, mantenernos juntos. Uh, el año pasado Dan hizo algo que, que nunca nos hubiésemos imaginado, que fue reunir, reunir al presidente del NFP en, en esta conversación. Uh, así que este año también eh, estamos eh, evidenciando cómo Dan está reuniendo líderes que tienen mucha posibilidad de cambiar el destino y el futuro y de abogar por nosotros. Y creo que con ese tema de abogar, Suaza, eh, podríamos cerrar, porque yo sé que esa es tu palabra favorita. Sí, sí, mi trabajo es en, es en abogar por um, la comunidad. Y, um, y uh, mañana um, es el um, día es el día de Clark Rockwell y uh -huh. yo uh, sí. uh, legislativos uh -huh. sí mañana estaremos hablando de los imperativos legislativos que ACB eh, va a presentar y eh, tendremos como tú dijiste Suata tú y Clark que estarán liderando toda esa presentación eh, para los que les interesa eh, los imperativos legislativos están traducidos al español y creo que están en nuestra página web en acb.org pero siempre mañana a esta misma, por este mismo canal y a esta misma hora, 6 de la tarde hora del este, Suata y yo estaremos aquí para recapitular todo lo que se hable durante el día y sobre todo resaltar eh, toda la información que Suata y Clark nos van a dar en cuanto a los imperativos legislativos que ACB está presentando a, ante los miembros del Congreso de los Estados Unidos para que sean ley federal y todo, como Suaza lo ha dicho, en el espíritu de abogar por la comunidad sí. de personas ciegas y con baja visión en Estados Unidos. Sí, uh, nos vemos mañana. Que... Ok, Suaza, hasta mañana. Ha sido un placer compartir este espacio contigo nuevamente. Sí, a ti también. Gracias. Um... Y a todos, feliz domingo y nos vemos mañana nos escuchamos mañana 6 de la tarde hora del este para toda la información de los imperativos legislativos uh -huh.